All right, Mena fans, lucky we're not recording straight after Tuesday's KMS show because I would have been a, a blubbering mess, but I've picked myself up off the ground. I've, um, like a phoenix, I've risen, risen from the ashes. I'm back. I'm joined by my co-host, Red. Red, you took a couple of weeks off. How you been? Um, uh, I've been miserable. I've been miserable because I missed you, Manners, most of all. Things happening in my personal life, I don't care. You are my therapy. This is what I need. Uh, you and KMS. So looking at your beautiful face, I'm, I'm in a much better place automatically. So thank you. I, I, I'm happy to be back. I'm also very pissed off at you uh, and Shattuck and Mick as well. You guys have been shitting on Dave Cullinane for like three weeks now while I've been away. As soon as I go away, as soon as a parent dies, all of a sudden, you guys just come out of the woodwork. And all of a sudden, you want to shit on Dave Cullinane for hours on end. So I'm happy to be back right here on this wall, defending the wall for Dave Cullinane and others. So thank you. I feel really guilty, Red, because oh, do you? this podcast has been awful for your personal life. Since you started on Minna Fandom, True. both your parents have died. True. Your sister's in jail. She's doing hard time. Facts. Y- your dog's My died. Your cat's dog. died. Your wife's left you. Uh, <laughs> That's not true. I mean, this, this is just, this show has destroyed your life. I've destroyed your life. <sighs> yes, you have. Yes. I'm telling you these things are true. Most of the things that you just said are true. Most. I've had a, I've had a recent rash of bad luck. And I know many people will feel bad for me there. I'm sure. Um, also recent rash in your crotch. Continue. Yeah, that's also true. Yeah, sure. Um, but have you caused this? Yeah, probably. You know, being this close to Menors and flying this close to the sun, I'm sure this has probably led to my demise, but I don't, I don't care. Like, I'm an undefeated cunt. I won't let this bother me. Um, bring it on. I don't have any more parents to kill. So you guys can, good luck. I mean, dance on my grave if you want to. I'm not dying. I'm not going anywhere. So mm-hmm. don't bring it on, fuckers. That's all I got to say. <laughs> I, I have to say, you know, I do a pretty good Kirk impression, but the fact that you killed off both your parents to imitate K- what Kirk did on the KNC show is next level imitation. I, I try to I try to give them both pancreatic cancer. Like I've been trying to do these things, help that out. Who knows, man? I just, I love Kirk that much. I mean, I, I'm glad you did it for the ratings. I hope this show does as well as the KNC show did because Kirk certainly used his parents' death to to engender sympathy from the listeners. So, you know, if you want to cry like a little baby or do anything like that, uh, you know, happy for you to do it. If we could, I, if you'll allow me, I'll I'll talk about um, early onset dementia for an hour. I'm sure that'll be wonderful. It'll it'll do better ratings than anything Shattuck could do. Holy shit, Jesus! Land the plane, Tom. What are you mumbling about? As you're just like sitting here with a gorgeous wife. I don't know how we ended up getting her. This is unbelievable. I and Tom comes on here, and now I'm going to go on a rant. Comes on here and kisses your ass right away. Says nothing about me nothing i at least kiss my ring as you sit in my seat and bastardize our show tom you so two things firstly alice yes i would as well and secondly uh he did before we went on air asked where you were and okay. he did regret the fact that you were absent so i have to oh, i'm not going to throw tom no. under the bus there you've led me straight into our first segment red taking care of business a lot of tcb to get through 
firstly, there's been four shows to talk about since we were last together. The first one was I did a, a bonus episode where I had Mick and VD and some other idiots on and we argued nonsensically for about half an hour. And unfortunately, I bounced you out of that recording. You, you put you, a name up that I didn't recognise and I just thought you were one of BA's mates and I just bounced you out and then I banned you from the studio. So I wasn't even sure if you were going to be allowed back in tonight. I I go in there. I, I thought we had a pretty good uh, back and forth. Again, you were treating me like Will Smith. I believe one of my names that I had on there was Will Smith related. I don't know who would have just dropped in here. But as soon as I click on, all of a sudden you're looking at the the name and then you just kick me out and there's nothing I can do. So I, that hurt. I mean, did it hurt more than my, I don't know if you know this, but my mom died. I don't know if that did that hurt more than that. Yeah. Yeah, it did. So I, it sounded like you had a great time. Um, and too many people, too many cooks in that kitchen. Anyway, manners as you, there was like five people in here and Mick really benefited from that because you absolutely destroyed him. And he was lucky to have VD and BA flanking him there to help him out there. So, I mean, good for him. And I like, I don't want to relitigate that whole thing, but uh, Mick did the right thing. He he backed down. He, he completely turtled. He lied his way out of it. A tough spot, a botched spot. And uh, I respect that. I respect the fact that he respects me so much. So then after Mick came on and we sorted out our differences, you called in sick to a recording and sort of searched around. And I thought, oh, let's get Mick back on. So Mick <laughs> came back on and we did the next show together because you weren't available. And I thought he did a can fine I, can job. Can I just pause for a second? Again, I didn't call in sick. My mom was dying. I don't know if I've I've mentioned that, but yeah, go ahead. Continue. Yeah. Uh, hello. How long does this show take? Like, what, are you going to be sitting with your mom like 24 hours a day holding a hand while she heads to a better place? I doubt it. Yeah, there would have been I, breaks there. You could have ducked away for an hour or two and said, Mom, just hold on. Just hold on to life a little bit longer last, so I, I know, can record them in a fandom. What's I that? Who are you? Who are you, I'm Red? trying to Who hold her hand. She has dementia, so she doesn't know who I am. But all she whispers exactly. in my ear is small miracle for her. Small mercy. Please, yeah. Please let Mayo Mayo fill in for you, please. And then he didn't <laughs> end up doing it. I asked him, but he wouldn't do it. I actually didn't ask Mayo. I thought about it, but it's hard for me to get past the fact that so many people hate him, Red, and not not just a hate where they'll hate listen, but such a visceral a hate yeah. that they'll just turn off the podcast. That that's the downside when you look at the numbers. I mean, people will hate listen to Shattuck, obviously, mm. but they will not hate listen to Mayo. They just won't do it. They shut them off. That's too bad. I love Mayo, but they just won't listen. Anyway, so I thought Mick did a, a good job filling in for you. He's he's clearly not a, like a a super fan of Kirk Minahan. He's a normal fan, which is fine. Like. Most people are normal fans. They're not as obsessed as you and I. Uh, but what did you think of him stepping in for you? I actually, I really enjoy Mick. I think there's probably the, the only issue I have is I think he knows the show well enough. Obviously, I'm not, who am I to judge? I'm a nobody. But it would, it, the tough thing with Menners is you have to be able to poke, prod, and wind you up, but then also need to be able to calm you down. And Mick can't do that. He just hasn't he hasn't had that life experience yet. He can't do that. So I'm a little bit older, a little bit wiser. I know when I need to calm you down, like we saw earlier this week. If we'd only done a show on Tuesday, I think I could have wound you up pretty good too, though. So that's too bad. 
<laughs> the men's whisperer. I was not in a good place on Tuesday, but we'll get there. Since our last show as well, and this is where Mick didn't really contribute much, I appeared on a theatre near me with Chris Clammer, and crazily, it was the second last episode of that show. The show I decided to go on and criticise him about the way he's doing his show, I almost, I think, pushed him to a point where he was considering being a bit more adventurous with the show. He then got COVID and the show ended. I this is the thing I didn't understand. I know I was DMing you after you appeared on the show. I love the show. Uh, next to losing my mom, I don't know if I mentioned that I lost my mom, but next to losing my mom, losing at a theater near me um, hurt me the most, really, if I want to be honest. But listening to you on that show, I was curious as to why Chris Clemmer seemed to be so surprised that he's having Menors on the show and Menors is going to bring up his issues with the show as you've been doing for weeks now, if you're going to have manners on the show, you got to know that you're going to get the full manners and he's going to complain about your show and give you tips. And he just wanted to talk about the movies. And I don't understand those instincts. You're going to have manners. You got to go full manners with him. So after you got off the show, I need to know what were the DMS like? What, what were the exchange? Like, are you guys in a good place now? Because he seemed to be a little frustrated with you during the show. Well, firstly, Chris is a massive Mena fan. He's always been a Mena's live viewer, and he's now a Mena fandom listener. He'll be listening now. So he knows what I'm like. He knows how I feel about his show or felt about his show. So I was, like you, a bit surprised when I brought up some of these issues. He was taken aback. And our relationship is still good. We we DM sometimes. I actually DM'd him yesterday saying, I think he should just turn a th- add a theatre near me into just a movie review podcast and review, like, new movies, like go and see um, whatever new movie, The Lost City, and and review it. Um, and he, he gave me some bullshit excuse, so oh, it's hard to talk about new movies and people are already doing that. Okay, go and re- review movies from the 1930s, dickhead. You know why people are doing that? Because people listen to new movie reviews, fuckhead. I mean, it's so insane how he thinks. Yeah. Like, there are so many shows that review new movies. Sorry. Like, you think about all the media. There's articles in newspapers. There's TV shows. There's podcasts. There's radio shows. Everything reviewing new movies. So there must be something there for him to do that. Anyway, I've gone off on a tangent. But I would like to hear Clemmer do that. I just, I love, I missed it. I love how you say dickhead. I don't know what it is. When you tweet it, it makes me laugh. The way you say dickhead, you hit the D so hard and it's just like, <laughs> it's beautiful. I, I just missed it. So I'm, I, anyway, sorry. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so going back, I mean, let's set the scene though. So it was about midnight East Coast time when we recorded. So Chris had been drinking all weekend in Magnolia. You think about his <laughs> blood alcohol level, even though he, I mean, he, he said he doesn't drink. He, he probably had a few pops before we recorded. So he's got, you know, he's hungover, he's drunk. And he's got COVID coming on. So the next day he wakes up with 102 fever. So I kind of feel sorry for him that, you know, it's late. He's obviously feeling like shit. And then I just come on like full manners and give him a bit of a blast. So I can sort of see why um, he couldn't cope with it considering his health. I don't know if you know this, but this you're the second. This is the second time this has happened. So when we recorded one of our Wednesdays, next day I woke up. I also tested positive for COVID. So you've given two Minifans COVID just by 
by streaming it. Well, what it is is when you're with me for so long, your immune deficiency just goes down. down. It doesn't matter whether we're in person or via over the net. It still has that effect on people. So um, I wonder if I got all of um, everybody in Magnolia, if they listen to Minifandom on the way down or something. All, all I can say is if you're Lauren Lynn or another Meta fan, for instance, I would just be ready for men, men or stamina. There's a lot of stamina yeah. that goes along. There's a lot of stamina, Lauren. Don't let's you worry. Stay with them. Let's, stay be, with them. let's have another super spreading event. Um, sorry, I retract that last statement. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> anyway, um, so I go, what did you think of my appearance on a theater, at a theater near me? I mean, I tried to play along a bit. I, yeah. I, so actually I had a half a plan. I thought we were going to review Night Tram first, and then when we got into the Vertigo review, I was just going to leave. I was just yeah. going to say I'm not going to talk about this and hang up. So it kind of threw me off when we did Vertigo first. But I, I tried to play along. I mean, you did. And it's still I, his I'd, show. I'd like – I like the back and forth that you guys have. I think if if you guys were covering newer movies, like if you did another appearance on his show, if he was actually covering newer movies, which I agree, I think he should do. Um, I think you guys would have a good time. I I enjoyed it. It was it was odd for, and it was right instincts on your part to come out right away and and really just call him out. Like you couldn't you couldn't go on to that show and. <laughs> ignore the fact that you've been critical of his show for the last weeks and months so uh, it, that was my biggest complaint was it just seemed like chris was a little taken aback by that and then he got into it and then it was fine you just you got to know who you're getting with manners and it just seemed like he wasn't interested in that he wanted to do his show and to me you just can't do that like you have to be able to have that confrontation right off the bat i think he made great points defending his show but at the end of the day, I think you were right in those complaints matters too. So that's that's a tough spot for him. That's very kind of you. I mean, it was an odd feeling to be talking about Vertigo that is one of the most talked about movies in film history. And I don't think Chris or I added anything to the discourse about Vertigo. And then the other one was talking about a great Australian movie, Night Tram. Go and see it. It's twisted enough. You'd love it. But we were talking about it and no one knew about the movie. No one knew about the story. So I was just wondering for the listener, like, what were they getting out of this? There was a few sort of out-of-body um, experience moments during the show where I was sort of like, I'm now doing what I've criticised. Yeah, and Clemmer's really good about talking about movies. Like, I really enjoy his his movie takes. I don't, I don't agree with them all the time, but I don't need to. Like, I really enjoy his take on things. Like, he he doesn't he he'll go for the schmaltzy stuff where he's unlike Kirk, but then he'll also be critical of a movie. So I think he's got a rare. Um, unique opinion on movies. I would love to hear him talk about movies that we're actually seeing because I think he'd be actually really good at it. We just exactly. He just needs somebody else to be with. So maybe that's Warthog. I, don't know. I mean, the, the funny great. thing is, I've just subscribed to a podcast called Screen Watching that's doing really well. It's a bit like Lights Camera Barstool. And guess what? They review movies that people are interested in. It's a really novel concept. It's like movies that might people might go and watch soon. They want to hear whether it's worth seeing. Um, you, you can do spoiler-free reviews or you can do sp- reviews with spoilers. All you have to do is say it at the top and then you decide whether you want to see the movie or not. So anyway, it, it, oh, do you think and you Minifans- keep the pod- Minna fans are going to watch movies. So you're still going to draw from that audience. Like mm. uh, the Nicolas Cage movie. I bet you there'll be a bunch of Minna fans that are going to go watch it this weekend. I'm going to say that friend of mine's in it. Yeah. I. I oh, you got a friend in the movie. 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, see, I like that. You're not even name dropping, but you're name dropping. But we're all going to go watch this movie this weekend, I'm sure. The next thing I would like to do after watching that movie on a Saturday is waking up that Sunday morning and as I'm making breakfast um, for my wife and what would have been my my mother, but she's now dead, um, making breakfast for, for my family. And all of a sudden, I'm listening to Clemmer break down this movie that I either liked or didn't like. That's a good time for me. I And I love to hear Ned Snark. I don't want to hear Ned Snark talking about singing in the rain or whatever else. And Ned Snark doesn't even want to watch that or talk about that. So let's actually watch the movies that we want to watch and talk about. Let's do that. That's a novel idea. Agree. Absolutely. And he was so wrong, wrong about Sonic 2. So wrong. Uh, <laughs> a, a plus. A plus. You've seen Sonic 2? Wow. Yeah, absolutely. I took my son to see it. So good. Wow. Great film, great film. I, I like just wish he, I, I wish he would not have bailed out of out of theatre in me so easily because I think all the options put to him were pretty good. So Kirk's idea of doubling up for a while to make up for those COVID days, I think, made sense. And actually, there would have been some challenge there in seeing you know ten movies in five days to make up for it. And, you know, we know Clemmer doesn't want to see new movies, so it would have been a, another challenge there, seeing 10 old movies in five days. So I thought that would have been good on my idea of just start again then, like, and it doesn't have to be January 1st. It can be, you know, April 25th to April 25th next year. It doesn't have to be Jan 1st to December 31st. And what do you what do you think that is with him? Do you really think it's like a money thing? Like the much he talks about, the ways that he talks about getting sponsorship and getting paid for these shows um, – and and I respect him for not continuing the streak because it does get tainted that way. So I, I'm totally on board. I was on board as much as it hurt me that the podcast ended because I love the podcast. I think it totally makes sense for him not to do it because I believe the streak is the streak. But at the end of the day, like, what does he think he's actually going to get from this? You you work in the podcast business. Is there any way that he could make a living like uh, uh, 50 grand a year or something? I don't even know what that would be. How would he do that, Manners? Like, what, what are the expectations there? It doesn't seem like those expectations are reasonable. You need at least 10,000 listeners, I think, to start to make any decent money off podcasting. I doubt out of theory, Nimi was even at 1,000 listeners. What do you mean by de- decent? What's decent if you have 10,000? Well, like, what is well then you're selling ads per thousand uh, listeners. So if you've got 10,000, you know, if, if you're selling an ad, then it. $30 a spot for a read. I mean, you times that by 10, that's $300 per ad read. So if you're Clemmer, I mean, that's actually a good, that's a good comp there. You know, if he were to do that, say two ad reads at $30 each per episode and he had 10,000 listeners, all of a sudden he's making 600 bucks an episode. He does, you know, two, three episodes a week. That's a, a day in living. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe it's attainable. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, that that show was terrible, so I was never going to get 10,000 listens. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad I went on it, and I hope it comes back yeah. in some form. And, and like you, I love Chris talking about movies. If he were to review the new upcoming movies, I would listen to it. So um, yeah. anyway, and last bit of taking care of business, I just want to talk about Tom's appearance on this show. Before we get to the reaction, it was very nice of Tom to come on Minna Fandom. I thought, you know, Really good of him um, to do it. I thought it was a, a good chat. I listened back to it. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I, 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 the first couple of questions were a bit slow, like Tom took a while to get into it. A bit slow? And, a bit slow? 
And okay. I did, like, find it sort of difficult to kind of rein him in at times. Like, I didn't expect it to go full anti-Cullinane, but I had to ask him because he and Cullinane have this rivalry online and then it kind of got stuck in this rabbit hole of bashing Cullinane, which I didn't really want to do. Um oh. But, yeah, Tom, Tom was fun. Um, I felt bad because my wife was messaging me for the last 10 minutes, I need you, I need you, I need you. So I kind of had to just say to him at the end, okay, thanks a lot, and then I was just, like, gone. Like, <laughs> I, And he said he said to me, oh, okay, and I was like – so I felt bad for him. But <laughs> a terrific guy. Um, I thought he made some interesting points. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I like, Can we be honest? Like, I, I like Tom a lot. Like, he's playful on Twitter. I like him. Like other than shitting on Dave Cullinane and giving no reasons for shitting on him, you know, no examples, but that is what it is. But when you well, and did. I are he doing compared a him show. to Ellis from Die Hard, which is a great that comparison. Was, that is a great comparison. And, and he made that's... other points about, um, you know, Cullinane's only diligent when he's interested in something. I thought that was an interesting point. Uh, he talked about not giving instructions uh, during a political debate. I mean, there was some big points from Tom Shattuck. Yeah, it was all right. I mean, Hans, Bobby, that's that's a, that's about as far as I can go. But So I'm looking at you, and I'm staring into your beautiful eyes, and I could tell, like, when I'm talking, if I'm not getting to my point, I'm going to give you a tweet or a tweets, two tweets worth of points, and then I'm going to stop, and I'm going to give you the floor. When and I'm, I could see you looking at me, and eventually, when I start to ramble on, I can see that look in your eye. You're like, "Okay, let's go, Red." Like land yeah, the exactly. plane. So when Tom is talking, <laughs> what are you doing? Are you knitting? Are you reading? Because his answers, those first two answers, were thirty minutes. What are you doing? I was in full panic mode in that first <laughs> half an hour. I was in full Sweet. panic mode. I was like, I thought this guy was a professional broadcaster. What the fuck's going on? Like, <laughs> is he having a bad day or something? Is just like a, is he having a stroke on air or something? I didn't know. Um, so I was in full panic mode. But then actually, if you listen to the last half an hour, and this is where, yeah. you know, recording with people a few times you get to know, you. I started to interrupt and then just like try and steer him in the right direction. Um, but I, I don't always listen back to Minna Fandom, but I listened back to that one and I actually really enjoyed it. And even the long rambling answers, I, I, I thought it was interesting. You're a very nice guy. You're a very no, nice I'm guy. not being very nice, Red. So did you not like it? Did you think it was boring? I really, no, I, I actually really enjoyed it. As much as it was an hour, just a straight hour of you guys shitting on Dave Colony. No, it wasn't. It, it was a straight hour of that. Like, that's all that it was. It was like, that. You know, my only complaint with you is like, I mean, Jesus, Tom, could you suck Howie Carr's dick any more than what you're doing and just ramble along? Like, Menners, I know you're trying to be a nice guy, but let's put his feet to the flame on this. Like, he is such a coward when it comes to talking about Howard, Howie Carr. Like, what a pussy. And then he's sitting here talking about Cullinane for an hour, not giving you any real examples. And Cullinane's been nothing but nice to the guy. I mean, Tom, that is that's Bush League, man. Like, step your game up. Be like, and I like you. This is me as being a positive guy, but you've got to bring it better than that, my friend. Please. So, it was nice. It was good. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I, I think I think the issue with Tom and Cull is Tom actually likes Dave. And so therefore when you scratch under the surface, there's actually not a lot of there, not a lot there. Like I I am different. Like I am a, 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 a if you scratch under the surface, there's a storm of anger and frustration and all those kind of things. Whereas Tom actually likes Dave and he's a nice guy. So I think Tom and Cull's a bit of fun. 
um, but there's not too much substance to it. But I feel really bad. I felt like an alcoholic that falls off the wagon after that show, especially when I listened back to it. As much as I enjoyed it, I was like, I did not want it to be. So, and it wasn't an hour of bashing day, but it was 35 minutes out of the, the 59 what? minutes were probably bashing Dave Cullinay. And I felt really bad about that because I'm trying to be a better person. I'm trying to be more supportive. I'm trying to accept Dave for what he is. And like you, he's good to have, you know, like you, the way you think about Dave, you just got to accept him the way you can make fun of him. He's not going to be great at his job, but no producer is. Just enjoy that. He's a, he's a nice guy. Um, and, and I felt that I sort of went a few steps back. Yeah, you did. And are we allowed, are we now going to talk about uh, Kirk shitting on you too and the blowback from that? Because absolutely, I've got some audio to play. Just one Please. thing before we get into it. Please, Kirk, you mentioned the Howie Car stuff. Kirk called me a pussy for not pushing him on the Howie Car stuff. I still don't understand what the the big thing is. I should have pushed him on because. Ha- Tom admitted that Howie probably didn't give the sign and he admitted, um, you know, that he was sort of trying to keep everybody happy and stuff. I, I just didn't see the big issue. And I don't think the Howie car thing is a big issue. I think what's funny about it is we've heard all that stuff about Kathy and then we hear that bit of audio of her in the background. That's it. Howie did the right thing getting off the phone. Kathy did the right thing telling him to get off the phone. There's no big issue. They have a business that makes a lot more money than the Kirk Minahan show, and they're protecting that asset. It's not a big deal. But here's the deal, though, is Tom and others of their ilk will shit on Biden, AOC, um, any other lib broadcaster. They will do that all day. And then when Howie just gets absolutely smacked around by his wife, just led around like he's a child, like Dr. Jill herself is leading Joe around, at no point does Shattuck actually shit on Howie Carr for that. Like, as men, men to men. Oh, come on. What when are you're we? What getting is If your wife, your ex-wife ran around. in the room now, if your ex-wife ran in the room now and said, Red, 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 get off the phone right now. I'm not going to tell you why. You would get off the phone. I would absolutely. The... I would turtle. As, so exactly. As so this is, would do this is not a big thing. Like but the, the no, problem no, was Dave sending out that tweet. If I turtle because my wife comes in and yells at me, your job as my friend and a man would to give me shit for that. That's what I'm saying. Shadow at no point wants to shit on Howie Carr for this. He looked like such a pussy in that moment. Just call him a pussy, Tom. Don't talk about the high sign or whatever else he thinks he's doing, like how he has a plan. No, 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 no. Kathy came in and told her man to get the fuck off the phone because she said so. Make fun of him for that. That's all that I'm saying. That's it. Okay. I, I don't think it's a big deal. As I said, I think if, if you're on the phone in any situation, whether you're a fucking liberal or a Republican or a Nazi or whatever, and someone runs in and says, get off the phone, get off the phone, and it's your partner, you do that. And I, I just do not think it's a big deal. I think it was an all-time show moment because we'd heard all this stuff about Kathy and then we got the payoff. I, and I think I don't think it's a big win for anybody. I think you're. I think you're a little biased because you had him in here and you, you're chummy with him. I think that's where you're. But I said to, okay. to Tom what I thought that Tom's big mistake was trying to keep everybody happy. He was trying to keep Kirk happy. He was trying to keep the Howie Carr happy, point. and he wasn't tr- saying anything. He should have just. If he'd have just said Howie, probably should have not got off the phone. 
and moved on, the whole thing would have disappeared. So anyway, all right, let's let's get into it. So Tom's on, great episode of Minna Fandom. And then at the end of Tuesday's show, Chris Clemmer brings it up. And, and now I'm going to play some audio here. Now I want you to imagine at while I'm listening to this audio, someone pulling out my heart and jumping on top of it until it's a pancake and then throwing it in the bin. Have a listen. It's like wave your arm. It's not happening. You'll never be. Neither person in that conversation will ever be in this studio ever under any circumstance. Ever, 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 ever. That's never going to happen. So if that's why you're doing it, don't do it anymore. Well, that audio was very painful. I still find it difficult to listen to it now. Listen, I I don't want to say I'm right or I told you so. That's not what I'm here for. I don't enjoy doing that. I get no pleasure from that. But I did say a few weeks ago that Kirk hates us. He hates us. He hates you and I. That is very clear. There's no like going on here. At no point will we ever end up in the studio with our hero. It's not going to happen. We are super fans on the edge. We are not insiders. And that's okay. But DEC have been there. Steve from Providence. Tim and Ken. David from Hull. Fucking uh, Tim Ridgels. Madawaska Rob. Chris Clemmer. I mean, come on. But those those are guys that are also at one point were in the KMS Minifan thread, you know, like, and I don't listen. I'm not a condiment. I don't give a shit if you put me in a thread or don't. I don't care. I don't care if people like me. I really don't. But this is who we are. You need to accept that. I, I, a long time ago, I accepted that I'm a cunt and I am not liked and that's okay. I'm just amazed that you're surprised that. He doesn't like you and doesn't want you in the studio. And you I think it's another bit. I think it's another bit. Honestly, I think it's another Harrison or Kevin us. from Bristol style bit. There's no way that's true. And I refuse to accept that it's true. Um, and the, the second bit of that is, I, did, it, did it come across that Tom really wanted to be in studio? Because I didn't get that vibe. I just got from Tom that he's a, a closet minifan. I think that was more directed at you. I, I don't get the impression that Tom actually wants to be in studio. I think I think Tom is having a good time doing what he's doing. If he called in or they called him every once in a while, I think that would be great for him. I don't think he has any desire to do that. I think Kirk locked in, keyed in on exactly you, Menners, and saying, if this is why you're doing, don't do it because it ain't happening. So he knows that you're making your summer trip. He knows you're coming over. You're mm. going to be at the Wilbur. He's setting the tone right now. Menners, don't even fucking think about it, buddy, because you ain't coming in. Like, that's... Yeah, but of that's course he's going to say that. It's, that's the way Kirk operates. It's another bit. And and I think there's a couple of things going on here. I actually think Kirk is starting to feel some immense pressure knowing that I'm going to be in Boston this summer. Not just in studio, but the fact that his kind of nemesis or his kind of, um, I guess, I guess, I don't know what you'd call me. He's going to be in the front <laughs> row at the Wilbur. Right. I have a VIP ticket now. I've got it. I've got the VIP ticket. So Kirk is going to meet me, whether it's in studio, in the living room, in his house, having breakfast together at Dunkin' Donuts, whatever. He's going to meet me because I've got this VIP ticket. So Love it. it's going to happen. Um, so I think he's actually starting to feel some immense pressure because when you get to these live events, actually in the past they've triggered Kirk because Kirk sets high standards for himself. He doesn't want to put in a half-assed show. 
Cullinane, oh. happy to do that. The others are, but Kirk Not isn't. True. Sorry, I retract that last statement. Fault, Thank fake you. news. Your parents um, together, for Christ's sake. Okay, exactly. Um, so I think he's just feeling that little bit of extra pressure, knowing that, fuck, Menders is going to be at the Wilbur. That's all. I don't know that it's extra pressure, but I will say this. I would like to put the pressure on, and this is what I'm asking to the fans, the Meta fans, our fans too, because we're, we're a Meta fans. The Meta fans. Yeah, the Meta fans. We need to work with your schedule, figure out when you're going to be in Massachusetts. We know what the address of the studio is. I say we go down there, make our signs. Let's make some noise. Let's protest together. I mean, let's protest together. Let yeah. us all be out there with Menners, with our guy, and say, yeah. hey, let him in. Let him in. And it's clear that the door is open anyway. People are going in and out of there anyway. I can just but, walk in by the sounds of it. I'll just yeah. say, I'm looking for the church. I'm looking for the church. Right. Oh, I'm sitting in the second chair. Oh, I'm yeah. talking into the microphone. Oh, look, I'm arguing with Kirk. Oh, look, now we're hugging. Kirk. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, thank we're you, best Kirk. friends. That's oh, very affectionate. Yeah. Um, yes, I will be Harry's godparent. I will be. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know about that. He's going to be taller than you. But here's the problem. Here's what we need to do. We need to coordinate. We need to figure out what those dates are. We can do this at a later time. That's fine. We all need to get down there. We need to make some noise. We need to make some ruckus. We need to make this happen. We need to get the, loud, the, the loudspeakers. We got to do our thing. So I, I'm calling to all of our Massachusetts Menor fans. We got to get down there. We got to make this happen this summer. So we'll do it. We'll get you in there. I mean, I was on a, an emotional fucking roller coaster after this episode. I've got some more audio. Let's keep yeah, this. Speaking yeah. of how did you hear Tom Shattuck on a on a Minifan uh, reaction? I did. Show? It was sad. Fuck it. Pathet- wave your arms more to get noticed. Like I wasn't going. It's just pathetic. Two losers just waving their arms to try and get noticed. Like just do your own thing. Leave me the fuck alone. Or am I wrong or no? Uh, Shattuck yeah. really wants to be in here. Oh. Wave my arms more. So, Kirk, the king of waving his arms is criticizing me. Like, this is the guy that yelled at Harrison and called him a pussy, then then apologized and said it was all a bit. Then he yelled at Kevin and then the day after apologized and said it wasn't real. So, please, Kirk, don't fucking criticize me for waving my arms. I'm doing a lovely little podcast called Minifandom which is a Kirk Minahan fan show, Kirk. So I'm not waving my hands. There was no lighting myself on fire. In fact, I thought <laughs> Tom and I were pretty restrained. I mean, I've lit myself on fire in the past, um, you know, wearing red sure. sock shirts on the network, all that stuff. So, and and then he says, uh, go and do your own thing, Kirk. I'm doing my own thing. And guess what? I also do my own thing when I'm not doing Minna fandom. This is not my fucking whole life, dickhead. So... I found that a little bit annoying because I wave your arms around. I would do this on your network if your producer wasn't putting up roadblocks. That's not true. No, 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 no. 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 See how I didn't criticize it. Just reel that in. Reel that in because that's not true. That was that was very temperate. So, um, yeah, I didn't. Did you get that impression from that episode that it was really wave my arms around stuff? No, no, I didn't. But I do love that he. Did he did that because it's a master class into just putting you into a checkmate. And I did love your response on Twitter, calling him a dickhead. Like it's, it's a show dickhead. Like I'm not waving my arms. I'm just having Shattuck in for a show, but it's the perfect move by Kirk to just be like, all of a sudden now he's, he's just calling you needy and this and that. What he did, what he was right about though, was your afterwards on Twitter melting down. So I wake up that morning and I see what you've done all night while I've been sleeping. And you were absolutely dying on Twitter. And it was 
It was heartbreaking. I did. I enjoy it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Was I upset that Lauren Lynn calmed you down and got you to stop doing it? Sure. I was upset about that. I mean, it was great advice on her part, but we don't want to give menners great advice. We want mad menners. We want menners breaking down on Twitter and you were doing it. And, uh, I think that's what Kirk was really being critical of was just you freaking out. All right. And that's more Actually, audio. Have, have a listen. Please. It's sad. It's like, if, it seemed less about how, yeah, a lot more about, uh, yeah. It's like you push it. Criticize me. Or what do you criticize? I hired him. Like, why aren't you guys criticizing me? Criticizing Dave. What about me? Bring it, bring it on. Said poor Colin has to take a beating. He's my guy. When my guys get beat up on the other, I'll I can I'll beat them up. But if somebody else is, I'll fucking defend them all day. <laughs> Colin is doing a great job. I'm a Dave Colin guy. Let's go. Let's go. Dave Colin guy. Yes, I'm a Dave Colin guy too. I never oh, sure. wanted. Yeah. I've never wanted Dave fired. And and this is what I want to make clear. Steve, I wanted out because he was a snake. Dave just frustrates me, and I'm working on being a better friend of Dave's and not getting frustrated by him. I'm working on accepting him with all these deficiencies because no one's perfect and that's fine. I did find that a little bit strange, Kirk saying criticise me. I think I've criticised Kirk in the past, probably more than anyone fucking else in the Minifan world. So I don't think that is a valid um, criticism of by Kirk. I have always criticised Kirk. And that is, my friend, that is why he doesn't want you in this. So you ask, what have I done? Why am but I but not the man? But that's it's, it. It's a, bit of, it's a shtick. It's like his shtick. It's a bit, you know, Kirk does it. Kirk Kirk does exactly what I do. And then all of a sudden when it gets too hot in the kitchen, oh, it's just a bit, guys. <laughs> oh, Kevin, come here, buddy. I like you. Oh, Harrison, don't worry. Oh, Justin, I'll give you another job back. So really, Red, come on. It's, I mean, I'm doing the ultimate Kirk Minahan impression. I win. You are. You're right. You're not wrong in this. You're not wrong in that. But I'm telling you, what I'm telling you is that you've been so negative at times and you've like, you've picked some, some odd hills to die on that you have to see that he just does not want to be around you. He doesn't Why? like us. Why? He must like me. Because I love been, him. I love him. Not I love a, him too. In a, in a romantic sense. I'm not one of those Absolutely. people. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But not that there's anything wrong. I admire him. He's great at broadcasting. So, look, I, I just think he doesn't hate me. There's no – I think if he hates me, Red, it's mm -hmm. actually that – you know what? What's that thing where you create, um, you know, a virtual image of someone and it looks too close to the person that it kind of becomes creepy? You know what? Mm -hmm. I don't know that. I can't remember. Gamers will know. But I think I'm actually doing such a good Kirk impression that his <laughs> self-loathing comes out when he looks at me because there's certainly parts of Kirk that – doesn't like himself and therefore i think when he looks at me it makes him remember the bits about himself he doesn't like i don't know if that's true i don't know if you're doing such a great impression that he's getting i think i think you annoy him like no other because you're very consistent in what you do you come week to week but you don't freak out like kevin from bristol either like you you've got a good like you do freak out but you do it in different ways like you're you're kind of unflappable in that way where you're a steady eddie so you can you can do this and still keep bouncing back like like myself and others we don't we're not in this for our personal gain we're not going to go full dec and just freak out and try to get sponsors and then when we don't we just blow things up that's not who we are my, my thing to you would be is you got to be comfortable 
having him shit on us and be okay with it. And there's nothing wrong with being an outsider. Being an outsider gives us a little bit more credibility. I think that's what the Mena fans like. We're not insiders. We're not Chris Clemmer, which that's not a shot at Clemmer. Clemmer's a good insider. He's a good Mena fan. He, he brings up things on the show that we want. We won't ever be in studio, and that's totally fine. Like, Can we're stop not saying be- that? Can you stop saying that? We're it's not ever going to be in there. I don't think it's true. I don't think it's true. I think I will be in studio. I think that was a bit. The Kirk only way you're getting in studio is if we go down there and we fight for it. We just got to take it. So I'll, I'll, yeah, take I'll it, ride yeah. with you. We storm the fucking studio like they stormed the Bastille the in Paris. the door. You're exactly. right behind me, buddy. I yeah. got you. I'm going to get right in there. I'm going to give Dave Cullen. We just a need someone hug. to take down Justin if he's there because he's a All big right. unit. I think he, a taser. He's a big dog. I, I will take him down with a hug because I love Justin. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get in there. I'm good at setting picks. I'll get in there. I'll set that pick on Justin. I'll hug Dave, and then you just slide into that chair. We'll be totally fine. You'll probably have to move Clemmer out of the way, which I don't think will be hard. I don't think he weighs no. very much. He's just gonna gently just older, much taller than me, much taller. Right, I got one more piece of audio. Let's have Please. a. Look. I like Shad. I like Shad. I kind of like the other guy, but yeah. Hello, 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 Mercedes. <laughs> I like Shad. I like Shad. I kind of like the other guy, but yeah. Hello, 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 Mercedes. <laughs> I don't know why you think he doesn't like me. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why I think that. He hates you. He hates you. I can't okay. accept this, Red, because I want to build a better relationship with him, with Dave, with the show in general. And uh, unfortunately, it's not going the right way. So hopefully I can do better. He did mention something about being annoyed he was he did mention the fact that i said he shouldn't have done a show last week and he that seemed to annoy him he was like don't have to listen to the show like i think sometimes i think i hit him in spots that kind of hurt like i think he knows he shouldn't have done a show especially the second one really it's a really bad take i heard that take it's a really bad take it it's an extra show if you don't if you don't like it don't listen like he's he's just gonna do it. He's gonna power through it. And yeah, he sounded a little snotty and a little coffee, but who gives a shit? Whatever. It's a show. It's a good show. So it gives uh, us I come from a place I've got a massive heart and I care about Kirk and I care about Carl. And they were both so sick. And for some reason they drove into the studio, which is not really what the Massachusetts regulations say. They do oh, say that if you've got COVID, you should only leave if you're going to seek medical help. Um, so, look, I know there wasn't a big problem because they were isolated, whatever. Yeah. But I just think he should have just stayed at home and got better. Whatever. Let's, that's all. I, and it annoyed him. And I'm sorry, Kirk. I was wrong. I'm glad you did that extra show. I'm you glad were wrong. you, it, it's you, a, you it's dragged your show. ass in there and did that shitty show. It wasn't a shitty show. It was a good show. It was a good show and it was a show. It was free. It's free entertainment. You know, if you don't like it, don't listen. It's a free country. It just comes from a place of caring about him. I, want, I was worried that the extra exertion was going to maybe put his recovery back. That was the one thought I had. I was like, man, Menners really cares about him. Yep. Yep. So the first, and then when I heard that criticism, I was like, boys, oh man, Menners really cares about Kirk. Yep. Yep. That's it. So yeah, look, a huge (laughs) reaction. I I was going through a real roller coaster of emotions because I'm feeling really good about Minna fandom. I'm really feeling really good about where I am with Dave Cullinane because, you know, we've co-parenting a kangaroo and, and then I, I did that awful podcast with Tom that just shit on Cullinane and, and then, Cullinane you know, I've, I've booked my trip. So, you know, I'm going to be at the Wilbur. I'm going to be in Boston. It is going to be a great few weeks for me. And I just, 
did not expect Kirk to be so just hateful towards me. I love, I love that this was a surprise for you. That's what I love. I love that. Like how you didn't see this coming. Because I think or- it's a, this is all a bit. Like I, I just have to remember. I just have to remember that this is the way the show is. That okay. It was Harrison a couple of weeks ago. It was me, Kevin from Bristol. It's just the way it is. Like, none of it's real. Like, you know, if if off air I ran into Kirk, he'd be like, hey, manners, you know, fist bumping, chatting, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. you know, talking about podcasting, talking about broadcasting. So, yeah, I, it's just I got you. It's true. Mike's got a point. When the lights are turned on you, you forget who Kirk is and what he's like. Like, there's no way he hates me. There's no way he doesn't like me. He would be very appreciative of my super fandom. Like, <laughs> I, there's no way. I He couldn't take a picture with you. Like, there's certain men of fans where we don't even, like, he'll walk around at, at live shows. We won't even, like, do that. Like, there's no, we're not breaking down the fourth wall, manners. You need to accept this, okay? You are... I am. We're we're outsiders in this middle, this middle. We we get to be the voice for the men of fans, but we're not total humorless cunts that just get mad at Kirk and go away. You know what I mean? Like those guys that, and Kevin from Bristol, I'll give him props for for not turning into that. But those guys that eventually just get mad at Kirk and they just take their ball and they go home. That's not who we are. We're also not guys who are going to benefit off this show. We're not going to try to turn this into any kind of profit for ourselves. We're also not going to be those insiders either. We are the perfect blend of minifans. You need to accept that. But that's right. Mean, but but Kirk needs to accept that I am a no, model no. Miller fan. He, he should be. He, he should put thing. me on a pedestal. I I like. No. I do not. I do not do anything for myself. I don't, did. I like do a whole network show just to launch a podcast, and then oh, all of a sudden, where's BAP been since they launched their true crime show? Really, they've gone strangely silent. Have I ever done anything like that? Have I ever promoted my own stuff? I I buy merchandise. I can't go to the live shows because I'm in Australia. I've listened since the beginning of the show, never run away despite the fact that Kirk said some very hurtful things about me, never stopped listening, never taken the easy way out, never done a DEC, never done an MHB, never sent fucking Kirk a message like um, Kevin from Bristol asking to be in the Hall of Fame. Like, what have I done that's wrong? Yeah, I must admit, I did send Kirk a DM after Tuesday's show. I said, Kirk, glad to hear you're feeling better. That was it. That was it. Did he respond? Did he reply? No. Nope. Darn it. I'm getting a suspicion he doesn't like you, Manners. I'm getting that suspicion. Well, I think you're right. Accept it. You need to accept those that like you and love you. And you need to put those other people in the past. He doesn't like you. That's okay. That's okay. We're still going to force our way in there. So Bullshit. get ready. Take him off script. Take him off bit. You know, if all I need to do is is cry, call up crying for real or something. And then he'll all of a sudden, he'll backtrack and he'll say, Menas, come here and come in studio when you're in Boston. He, he, he's got a big heart. You know and I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm like Harrison or Kevin or any of these people. <laughs> yeah, Justin. Yeah. I'm like Justin was gone. Justin was gone and he's looking like getting another job. So I think 
It's and we could talk about that later on if you want to, but that's a we will. T- Justin. Justin's on a heater, baby. He's on a heater. Too. All right. Speaking of unpopular minute fans, let's move off myself. I want to talk about this very vocal anti Chris Clemmer movement. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, Red, but in the last few weeks, the anti Clemmer movement has got louder. It has, especially with those callers. It's been very, very angry. Um, I'm a Clemming. Still always going to be a Clemming. I think Chris is a great guy. I don't understand the visceral hate that I'm hearing on the phone for Clemmer. I think he did the right move and in, in stopping his podcast because he was trying to hold to the streak. Um, what at the end of the day, what are we really mad at about Chris? Like, what are we, what are we talking about here? Well, Mark? people don't like him on the show, Red. I mean, I like him on the show, but there's a lot of people for some reason that don't enjoy his episodes because they're not as funny as the Mike episodes, and they get a little bit geeky and talk about movies and stuff. I like them, but there's, there's a very vocal anti-clamor movement. you got to keep the body guessing, okay? Yeah, and you got to change it up. You can't have Mike in there for three days a week because we're getting more and more insensitive Mike, um, which, you know, do you like Cunty Chris? Do you like sensitive Mike? I, I like both of those characters, but I, I couldn't do three days of Mike because then all of a sudden you're just going to start hating Mike. So let's give him a breather. Let's bring in Clemmer. I think most of the hate is just a bunch of jealous men of fans who say I could be in that role. And that's it. And to them, I would say, yeah, you probably could do as good a job as Clemmer, but you're not going to be let in because Kirk's not going to let you in the studio. So the the Clemmer hate to me is kind of low hanging fruit, kind of boring. Okay, yeah, he has a weird sounding voice. What else? Tell me more. Like, give me give me another reason why you hate him. So his voice is different. Who gives a shit? Mike has a different voice. I don't care. Yeah, Chris is a big improvement on Jared Carabas. He's Huge. a insane fan of the show. He listens to everything, Chris. I mean, he brought up the Shattuck episode. I mean, he's one of those great Minna fans that consumes all the content. Nothing gets by him. I don't love the game segment anymore. I think we've sort of gone past that like Kurt criticizes me for not finding a new shtick well okay i think we can find a new shtick on the friday show but without but it, w- without that game segment today like and as much as justin was on a heater without that game segment today this show was drag went came to a complete halt because there was not justin did not have a lot of stuff there like kirk was not swinging a lot of his pitches they have a lot of topics to talk about so without clemmer <laughs> And that game, like we don't get today's show and get into the callers. That's such fake like, we don't... news. Fake news. Fake news. Fake news. What's fake, fake news? news? What's what's fake? They news? were over an hour into the show when they ran out of material, <laughs> which is way better than Cullinane's average of about fifty minutes when they've run out of material. I've been oh, keeping these stats. Here you go. Uh, normally Here. they're taking calls. I'm not criticizing. I'm just making a comment. Yes, you I think are. This is unfair you are criticism being critical of, of Cullinane. Asshole. There was plenty this of content. And then they took the calls. The show was almost two and a half hours. It was a long show, a great show. They, they had plenty of stuff. I mean, it was just no, the fact they that they were Kirk waiting. Kept- listen, listen, this is not me being critical of the show. Justin went two out of three this week, which was great. I still think he was okay on today's show. But at the end of the day, they didn't have a lot of things going on there. Justin admitted himself, like he's talking about Josh from three months ago. So he ran out of things today for whatever reason. Without over an hour into the show, Cullinane would have run out of stuff way before. I'm not comparing. Get Cullinane out of your head. Okay, and I I think the criticism of that Josh news is wrong because I'm actually glad they brought it up. I didn't know Josh had left. I'm not into Barstool, although it was 
old news. I'm glad Justin brought oh, it up because I, I didn't know. So I learned something today because of Justin. Okay. All right. Well, I, I didn't start this to have criticism of Justin. This is mostly just a praise of Clemmer. This is about Clemmer. So this is what, about can, Clemmer Clemmer do, what can Clemmer do to get back in the Minifans' good graces? I think it's just going to take time away from at a theater near me. I think it's fun to shit on Clemmer and to parrot and echo what Kirk is saying. And Kirk does a great job of shitting on Clemmer when he's not there. And then when Clemmer's in the studio, he doesn't do that because he likes Clemmer. It's all about the show jokes. Shitting on Clemmer is the show You're joke. Like, I'm a show fun. joke. Like me not being yeah. in the studio is a show joke. Well, it's, that it's a hashtag thing. comedy podcast, of course. Exactly. But, you you gotta you gotta make sure you don't take it too far. Like the guys who are calling in who really hate Clemmer, I worry about because what are you really mad at Clemmer for? What is he? So really I think do? there's I think there's an element, not just okay, they wish they were in studio with Kirk. And <laughs> I get that feeling. One. Believe me, I get that feeling. Um, but also I think there's a little bit of uh, sort of the fact that people don't respect Chris. Like people respect Kirk because he works hard. He's he's made a, a good living for himself. He's okay, he's inherited a squillion dollars as well, but um, that was recently. Whereas Clemmer, they feel like okay, he doesn't work. He started this podcast out of theater in me and he's quit it after a few months. He quit Quantum Week. Now he's doing nothing. You know, he wants to go and his sole ambition is to move to a, a city with an expansion team and go to all the home games, which is only 80 days a year. So, you know, of the 365 days a year, he wants to move from one city to another to go to the baseball 80 times a year. So I think there's an element where Minna fans just don't respect him. Of course, but the, 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 excuse me, at the end of the day with Clemmer, like what, what is he supposed to do? So he's got a wife who takes care of him. Who cares if he's got a job or not? That doesn't matter to me. Like I, he's one of the Minifans, fans, the many Minifans fans who don't have a job. So mm. what is he, what is he supposed to do? Like how many Minifans fans are jobless right now? There's, there's quite a few that I see at least on Twitter that don't have work. So why are we most of them are unemployable? Like they, they will never yeah. get a job. Yeah, they're crazy people. We're we're all crazy, and I include myself in there. So you can't hate him for that. He's got a wife who takes care of him, who seems amazing. Good for him. What are you so mad at? It's I'm not mad. I just think the Minna fans. Right, and I'm addressing this to the uh, other Minna fans. Yeah, yeah. Don't address. I I think Kirk's uh, Chris's best play now is to somehow win the respect back of the Minna fans. So now that out of theatre in me is over, his next move to me is going to be vital. What does he do next? And if he makes the right move, I think he'll get back in the Minna fans' favours. If it's not the right move, if he moves to some shitty town and buys a season ticket to an expansion team, I don't think it's going to go well. The Clemmer move to Nashville because of that baseball team, that could be a good one. That that might be a podcast right there. I'm just saying. I mean, he would be missed on KMS, obviously, for me. But I think that would be the move. I think that's where he should go. I think he should go to Nashville. One, one thing I like about Chris is it doesn't seem to get to him the anti-Clemmer stuff. Like I can't ever hear in his voice at getting to him. Like me, I've got a really thick skin. Not a lot gets to me. Uh, of course, but, yeah. but, you know, like Mike, you can tell stuff gets under his skin. He, he tries to play it cool, but you can very, tell if someone very... criticizes. And, and I Mike, think there's others like that. 
Well, Mike is very, very sensitive. Chris, Chris, everything just rolls off his back. He's a lot like Dave Cullinane in that way. You can't, and again, this is the greatness of Cullinane, you can't pin them down. You can't really anger them. Only a few have angered Dave Cullinane. Only a few can anger Chris Klemmer. Justin oddly angered him a lot. Um, uh, keep an eye on Ziggy. I think Ziggy's got an investigation against Clemmer too. He's coming yeah, I saw after his stupid twice. Hardcore. Yeah, I'm, I'm not interested in There's a l- and stupidity. Save that for the rundown, which you said to me was coming back, and it is that was like back. two months ago. So what's it is happened? coming. Well, it's fucking coming. snails run your fucking network. Well, I, if listen, I don't know if I've mentioned this yet, but my mother did die. So. Oh, did she? Yeah. Oh, did him. Oh. And my dad that's, had died. Well, that's only been a week. So anyway, ago, you can so. keep putting the excuses together. But well, I just, I'm looking I forward like I to the have... rundown coming back. It's coming back. We're coming back, baby. One thing today's show or Thursday's show, Clemmer did not want to talk about sex positions. He went very <laughs> quiet when the caller asked him what his favourite position was. And I, I'm thinking two things. The first thing is, is he just being respectful to commuter Laura that he doesn't want to talk about their sex life on air because he knows she's a listener and she might close the vagina for a while after he's gone public with their stuff. So, he's, you know, maybe that's it. And then the second thing is I'm actually thinking he's probably some absolute kinky fuck and <laughs> therefore he could not say anything. Like he could not say, yeah, Laura puts on a, a strap on and fucks me from behind. I love that. That's my favourite position or, you know. I wear man nappies or I'm into bondage or Laura puts me in a gimp mask with a, a gimp, um, a, a gag and does all kinds yep. of crazy stuff. I mean, I just think maybe that's why he couldn't go public. I Maybe that maybe that's what he's into, right? Like he's a big Pulp Fiction fan. Maybe, you know, she's out, Laura's out there just like, hey, bring out the gimp. And then there's, there's Clemmer. That might be true. I don't know. He might be into freaky stuff. My first thought was, you know, as we've seen with Clemmer and with Dave Cullinane and others, you get very repressed. You you don't want to talk about these things into a microphone and you just you don't swing at the pitch. And that's too bad because I would love, you know, I want to hear what Clemmer's into, man, like how he's slinging it. Who knows? But let's get into that. Let's get real, boys. Like how how is how is blind mike slinging it too like what what's his favorite position <laughs> oh wow what's what is he into let's let's put all our cards on the table let's have some fun boys let's talk about this like, it's not a very sexy show. Like they don't no, talk no, about they don't no. talk about sex ever. Kirk doesn't go there very often. He's very respectful to his wife and never brings her up. And they never talk about all that kind of thing. You know, like you know, like. I don't know. If I'd had sex this morning, I might start the show by saying I had a good route this morning or whatever. Whereas, <laughs> um, you know, Kirk's never going to go that way. No. And so I thought today was a funny because Kirk was clearly just trying to make Chris uncomfortable. Like Kirk tweaked right away that Chris didn't want to go there. And I don't think Kirk wanted to go there, but he just knew it would make Chris uncomfortable. He must have been sweating the entire time. He sounded so uncomfortable. And you could hear Kirk really light up and want to like – dig in on this and let's really put him on the spot wanted no part of that i i think justin justin has the darkest the kinkiest stuff that he's got going on in his sex life i think so i think those guys talked about virginity stuff didn't they as well yeah yeah when did you talk about losing his 17 like a few of the panelists on that show um well how old were you red uh 15 15 15 
that's yeah. a main thing because um I Steve lost his Steve Robertson lost his virginity very early. Yeah, we I don't have a lot going else to on do here. up there. No. no, there's nothing else to do here but just hump. That's it. I think so. the girl I slept with was 15, so whatever. Oh. <laughs> Maybe. I can't remember. <laughs> 15 or 16. Um, redheads. I've always had a thing for redheads since then. Um, yeah, and what was, what was Justin saying? That he jerked off five times that day. So when he got to the, the moment, he actually – couldn't get it up and couldn't come. <laughs> oh, poor bastard. Oh, I love that guy. I mean, I've got to say, like, he was smart to jerk off, but maybe not five times. Like, probably don't need to do once, it five times. Probably enough. Listen, twice, maybe, but. I've always been a proponent. You don't want to go out into the world with a bullet in the chamber. You just don't want to do it. You can you know, clear yourself out, clear mind. You're ready to go. Uh, five times is a wild move. I don't know how, why, but. Listen, it's his, it's an attention to detail that he has. You I just have these images of like Chris Clemmer entering a room in full leather, whips, ball gags, handcuffs. Yep. Uh, yeah. Oh, Fifty anyway. Shades of Clemmer. It's going to be hard to get that out of my. Um, we need that in a big way because when you think about it, like what is she sticking around for? He doesn't have a job. He's not particularly attractive. He doesn't have a lot of money. You think he's got a tripod? Is that what we're talking about well, here? That's, no, that's I the think first he's, thought he's I got some to. really kinky shit going on. Like, I bet you Clemmer's got a hammer. Let's be honest. Maybe. Let's, oh, they let's just stop beating really around the bush here. Sorted shit. Yeah, maybe he's got a hammer or maybe they're just – I actually think like she puts on a strap on and gives it to him. Listen, the man cooks, he cleans. I'm exactly. sure. So you can imagine when he gets home, he's like, bend me over and fuck me. Listen, you got to take me how I want it, baby. That's yep. it. You come home. I've been working. I've been slaving away in the kitchen all day. Absolutely. I bet you. I bet you. As a Clemming, I'll tell you this: Clemmer can slang that D. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put that out there right now. I'm sure he can he's take the D and he this. can slam it. He I, can take I the think, D. I think he can do that. I think he's got great dick game. I'm gonna say that right now. I said it. Great I dick game. It. This is probably not gonna be great in the DMs later. He's probably gonna be like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" I don't care. I don't care. And just moving, one thing before we move off the sex talk is I do wonder when there'll be a female on the Kirk Minahan show in the rotation. Like I I do think, I know it's like a bro-y type of show, but I still think it would be great to just have that female energy in the show sometimes. I agree. I think it would be great, but who... I don't know. Possibly fill that role. I don't know, but they they're not even looking and Kirk seems afraid of women or something. I don't know what it is. He's he's never shown any interest in doing any broadcasting with women. he he shits on women's sport. I don't know if it's like I don't know where it is with him and all that, but um But we got you also gotta look at the people who are contributing to the show. Like we've got a bunch of jobless guys who for better or worse, probably the don't have ladies their, are their shit together. Yeah, the 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 mini ladies, they're all professional, have their shit together, buttoned up, like smart, hot, yeah, sexy, absolutely beautiful. Ha- well, whoa, they're beautiful, have their shit together. Like they don't need, they don't have time for this nonsense. You couldn't get them in the studio. There's Not no them, way. but I, I'm just like, I don't know. Right, where's, so their, where, where's their Megan Ottolini? Where, where's their version of that? The, they're out there actually working and talking about boring sports talk radio. Like that's what that's what they're doing. They're not going to come in here and bust balls. It's not going to happen. Uh, Courtney Fallon, I guess maybe would have done it, but there's no way they would have had her in there. 
I bet you there's people out there just Kirk's just not going to do it. There's no one. Yeah. Anyway, that's, treats, that's my comment. He treats women differently. Like he would treat, he would go after Trenny every once in a while, but he would also treat her, you know, as everybody would, a little kinder, a little gentler. It's and not the not same good. Kirk. It's not the same. That's show. not good. He would criticize yeah. Alex for doing that. So. That's true. You can't have it both ways. And as a feminist, you can't have, as a great man once, you can't have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. I understand that. I would treat. I know I would treat a woman as an a woman as an equal myself personally because I'm a, a huge feminist. But some of us can't do that, and that is what it is. What are you going to do? Another one of your expressions got borrowed by Mike Felger and Jim Murray. They did a little video, and Mike Felger said, you know, Jim, we've got a great rapport. We've got a really good I talk, you talk kind of energy going. And I thought of my man, Red. That's your line. Uh, listen, I, I like to borrow it from John Dennis. I believe it. I use it at work, in my in my home life, when I'm not talking about my dead mother. I talk, you talk. There's a sharing. There's a give and take. You have to do it. It's a good way of life. You don't want to be on that show, like a 420 show that's 24 hours, and there's like six guys talking all at the same time. It's gibberish. It's nonsense. It's ridiculous. You can't have it. So I talk, you talk. Makes the sense. Makes Thank sense. Oh, just a small point because, again, a caller brought this up and some really bad takes, some awful takes. I'm telling you, as someone that owns a breakfast cafe, cooking bacon in the oven is the way to go. I'm not saying cooking bacon in the fry pan is bad and there are advantages. If you're in a real hurry and you just need to throw a couple of things in the fry pan, fine. you got to get your bacon. But cooking it in the oven, you get a nice crispy finish. In fact, the real trick is to twice cook bacon. You cook it about 80% in the oven and then when you need it, you heat it up and you get that full crisp effect. There's no other way of doing it. From your lips to God's ears, Manners. When that caller called in and said and tried to criticize cooking bacon in the oven, I thought that was the craziest thing. That's the only way to do it, to get the full crisp, to get a more refined. Because you cook it, if you cook it on the on the, the, the stove, the top stove, there is a, a world of issues that could happen with it. Grease City, for example. Oh, my God. And your house, like you can feel the grease in the air. You don't want any part of that. You want it in the oven. It gets crispier that way. Like you said, you can do the double cook. It's the way to go. Everyone should be doing it. I don't know why people are cooking in the frying pan. It's, it's insane. And the, the real trick is actually you put it on a, a rack in the oven. So you've got a tray, then a rack on yes. it, and the fat drips off. So you just get this nice you know, crispy dry bacon, and then you just fucking stick that in a bacon and egg roll or fucking on a BLT, and you are fucking oh. – fucking in, uh, going Jesus. to the right place you're going to the right Six place to midnight right now you're just talking about it but i think i i've worked in a restaurant for a little while you have restaurant experience so this is what we know people, some people just don't know it hopefully we yeah. can help um all righty well um well what have you got from the show listen uh, my biggest thing that i have for you is and again i don't know if we can talk about this now i'm just going to talk about it um Cullinane not being here this week. As much as uh, shocker, I'm going to talk about Cullinane. Justin was so good this week, but there are little things that Cullinane does very well. So anytime that Kirk has a phone number, he wants somebody to call. Cullinane already feels it, knows it, gets the phone call. He's going to call. He's not going to wait for them to finish the conversation. He's going to hop right into it. Or uploading the show 
um, right after the show is done, right before then Kirk has his interview that he's doing for the case. Cullinane's great at that. I think we just, we really miss some Cullinane stuff. Like when it comes to the topics, there's, there's topics that Cullinane could have brought in today that Justin, Justin just happened to miss. I love having Justin in the mix. I, he had a great week this week. I love that he's a part of the show again, but man, Cullinane was missed in a lot of different ways. And I'm going to be happy to have him back. And I'm sorry that he's gone this week. Um, and I want you, Manners, you need to apologize for how you treated him and how Shattuck treated him. So I just need a full-on apology, a full-throated, full-blown apology, please. For Dave. I'm not going to full-on apologize today, but as I said before, I fell off the wagon. I regressed. I went, you know, one step forward, three steps back. And, and as I said, if Dave, if you're listening, let's just forget about it. Let's start again, again. Start again for the third time or the fourth time and repair our relationship. As I said, uh, I didn't miss Dave as much this week. I thought it was a nice change. I thought Justin brought a slightly different slant to things, and I guess it's a good sort of lead-in. I mean, we have Justin to thank for the Kevin from Bristol stuff because he played that audio right at the end. No way Dave Cullinane would have done that. You can no way he would have done that. It's a, and and I thought I don't it know was really that. good produ- producing from Justin that generated some good content. And Justin still blocked me, so we have our issues. But I think a good week for him. It was great. He did exactly what he was supposed to do, and I was, I was, I was happy that Kirk talked about it today. I was a little disappointed because I felt like we were going to have the same conversation tonight, which is that's exactly what Justin was supposed to do. Um, he did nothing wrong. He was playing the he was playing the video that was putting it out there for Kevin. I mean, obviously he knew that Kirk was going to shit on it, but he was playing it for Kevin too, and he was putting it out there by them talking about it. Actually, helped Kevin because I really wasn't aware of this video, and I'm on Twitter all the time. So there are people on Twitter who didn't see it. There's plenty of people who listen to the show who are not on Twitter that could help out too. So this only helped Kevin today. And that was Justin's instincts to do that. That was great. I, do, I will say Dave Cullinane would have also played that video. He's always inside <laughs> on the on the Miniverse stuff. Yeah, too. sure. sure. Yeah. Uh, he is. He just sure. is. Well, I mean, he just is. We can argue about it if we want to. But I'm not going to fall for your trap and criticize Dave again. Okay. Uh, let's keep this on Justin. Okay. I thought Justin had a good week. I th- what I liked about Justin this week is he did bring his – own bits of content as so I don't think I would have brought the same and that's fine. Everyone's different. If I was producing the show this week, I'd have brought my stuff. That's what the fucking producer does. So I'm happy for Justin to have his slant. I actually thought like Justin on air was a bit better than, well, a lot better than he was before. Like the Justin show thinks helped him sort of formulate some opinions and get his brain together. So I thought it was a good week for him. Do you think he deserves a job though? Because I think this is crazy. Like has everyone forgotten why he left? Because right. when the pressure's on, he can't hack it. No. You know, he stuffed up three live shows. He couldn't attend three live shows. He dropped the other producers in the shit. But yeah, this is I the deal. This is, this is what you have to do with Justin. Like, so you give him that part-time money that Harrison was getting. You, the stakes aren't too high. We all have an agreement. We all understand. Like, there's no full-time job that's going to be coming. And that's just the way it is because the show is not going to grow financially. Kirk likes where it's at financially, what the size of it is. So there's not going to be any growth and room for more full-time employees. But what you do is you give Justin that part-time money and he helps you out 
with cutting up of audio and doing that on social media. But what he really does is he's in studio. This is something Harrison can't do. He's in studio. He's that punching bag that adds to the show. Justin only adds to the show. Agreed. So that's all, all the, you do. Don't, don't give him anything else. Don't have any requirements for live shows. Cullinane will still handle all that stuff, but you just have Justin in studio to be Kirk's punching bag. It's perfect. It works. Justin is weird and he's great at the same time. He's great for the show. So this is a great thing. It's a, it's an upgrade from Harrison, and I love Harrison because Harrison can't be in studio like that and get shit on by Kirk. So it's perfect. I just, just think it's keep- very strange after Kirk spent all of last year and the beginning of this year trying to force Justin out. And so Justin's gone, and then a few months later he's back. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing because I said Justin's had a good week. He's He certainly seems like the medication's kicked in and is in a more stable place. But I, I do have the fear that you bring him back in, and we spoke about it before, you know, when you're back in and all of a sudden things start to turn on you, it can be a different thing. How will he cope with that? Like I think we've seen with Mike. Mike's in a perfect spot. He's in the show, but he's also he's keeping the show at an arm's length. You know, he comes in, he does KMS, and then he goes, and that's kind of it, if you've noticed with Mike. Everything, he's got his other stuff. Whereas I'm worried if Justin gets brought back in, you know, will he end up falling into the same traps? And, you know, two days before the Wilbur, he says to Kirk, I'm sorry, I know you had me down to do this, this, and this, but I I need some mental time. I think the key is keeping the Minifans at a distance. That's we're all crazy. Mike, I think, I think when Mike gets sensitive like this, I think what really brings him down are the Minifans. I think the reason why I'm, Mike originally lost his head in the beginning was because of the men of fans. So now Mike's done a good job of keeping us at a distance, muting us, whatever it is. Justin has to do that. And he has to just stay in the show and enjoy the men of fans. I think he's great with the men of fans on Twitter, um, but he's got to keep that little bit of separation. I think that's really going to help him. Agree. I think that'll help. So two questions. Firstly, um, I don't, I don't know if you noticed on this show, but Kirk seemed very unwilling to make a call on Justin without Dave Cullinane there, which I respect the fact that Kirk didn't want to cut his producer out of the decision completely. That almost hurt you to say respect right there. I saw that on your face. You look very pained as you say. So two questions. A, do you think Dave Cullinane would want Justin back? Of course. Without question. He would love to have Justin back. And two, do you think – Next, by the end of next week, Justin will be an associate producer of the Kirk Minahan show again. I think that Justin will be back in studio. I don't know if it's associate producer, whatever it is. If you keep him in that limited role, yes, he will be back. I think that's exactly what they're going to do with him. Wow. Yes. Okay. Justin will be back. Well, the re- Justin redemption tour may continue. Yes. Yes, it will. The fact. The fact is about Justin, he's just willing to do anything. And that's what other interns won't do. We saw with Harrison, it was fine until it was like, okay, you have to drive 20 hours to Magnolia. That's too much. Whereas Justin will read the Julie DeCaro book. He'll he'll call EI for fucking seven days straight. He'll drive down to Magnolia. He's the perfect punching bag. He looks like a punching bag and behaves like one. And he's a great shit stirrer. And, and this is something that doesn't get talked about, and, and he won't even admit this, but I know this to be true. I know it, I know it, I know it. 
when Justin brought it up with, with Chris originally to say, Hey, I want to help you out. I want to help you produce this show every day. He know God, he knew goddamn well that Clemmer did not want to do that show every day. And he was pushing it and pushing the issue on Clemmer to really put the pressure on him. And I think that's what had Clemmer then kind of pushed back on him and got mad at him because then it was like, all the, he knew what Justin was doing. Justin is a shit stir in a great way. Love him. He does a great job of doing that with the OG minute fans like DEC, like him from Bristol. He is great to have around the show for that reason, too. He knows how to stir it up. Well, it sounds like Justin is going to be back. Well, this leads us into the 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 saviour of my week. So I, I said to you how depressed I was, and this lasted for a long time. Like Lauren Lynn kind of cheered me up, but she really I needed her comfort on a one-to-one level in person rather than right. by the internet. And Easy. so I was only at a certain place, and then Kevin from Bristol calls in on Wednesday and – from the clouds. It was such an unhinged call. And it, it was really good because when I called up and started yelling at Cullinane, I was nowhere near as fucking crazy as Kevin. No. So I felt a lot better. Like, okay, I'm not the most insane minute fan out there. I mean, wow. Um, you know, that was an all-time screaming match, Kevin versus Kirk. Uh, I thought there were some great lines where Kirk, Kirk said to Kevin, something about uh, let's hear your wit- wittiness, Dominique, or something. Uh, uh, brilliant stuff. That was – and so I need to get your impression on this, but my thought was it was – a I was flashback to 2017, KNC, Kirk just screaming at a dummy caller from you know Steve from Fall River or whatever. Some mm. entitled minifan – or not, entitled caller calling in and then Kirk just shitting on them. You know, we're in a battle of wits here, Dominique, using the Dominique Wilkins line. It, it was wonderful. Love the whole part of it, right? And then I'm I, and I'm DMing guys, and we're just dying laughing listening to this. But then I saw a little bit of chatter on the back channels of Kirk. You know, they're saying that Kirk lost this one. Good for Kevin from Bristol. Did you at any point get the impression that Kevin Bristol was winning that argument? Absolutely not. It was a terrible performance by Kevin. It was so inept. He he calls in yelling at Justin, and then he starts saying, I like you, Kirk. Uh, You don't know what it's like to struggle. You don't know what it's like to fight for something. And then he he said, I like your show, and you're a nice guy. Just after Kirk screamed at him, saying he wants his shop to fail, he's going, Kirk, you're a nice guy. Uh, Poor Kevin was all over the place. It, It was a huge L. Like, I objectively won my argument with Cullinane, whereas Kevin's was a, just a, a straight loss. I, I don't know what his actual argument was with Kirk. Like, I, I could see what he was trying to say with Justin, even though Justin wasn't wrong. I would understand him being frustrated in that moment, I guess. I don't know what he really wanted to get out of Kirk in that moment. Like I know why he'd be angry at Kirk because all Kirk does is shit on him. But for that reason alone, it made no sense for him to. Well, I think we got the truth. I think we got the truth on the next show when Kevin said to Kirk, when they made their made up phone call and Kirk admitted it was all a bit like me never being in studio. um, Mm -hmm. Kirk and Kevin said to Kirk, you know, you've, you've been shitting on me for a year. When's it going to end? You know, I thought it was funny at first, but now 
um, doesn't feel funny anymore or something like that. So I actually think, you know, the, the year buildup of Kirk being mean to Kevin and, and banning him for wanting to be in the Minute Fan Hall of Fame, and that was only supposed to be a year. It's gone past the year, so I can understand why Kevin's upset. And so I think it just was transferred from that to the Justin stuff. And then there's the other thing. Kevin was alluding to some personal stuff in the background, which we don't, we're not going to speculate on. But but I think it was more the frustration of how Kevin's been treated in the last year um, just erupted. I I just don't I don't understand these OG Mina fans. They I don't know if it's fly too close to the sun or whatever it is, or they have this self importance. I've seen it from others on Twitter, like. I don't know who we think we are, but we are all nobodies. Um, we're fortunate. I'm not a fucking nobody. So you might think that. I'm not a nobody, Menace. right? We're I'm not we're, a nobody. Listen, you're special. You mean a lot to me. But we're, we're also, in the grand scheme of things, we're nobodies. But this, this, like, this Mina fandom is a monster podcast. Absolutely. I'm not so I'm not. I'm not a nobody. That. But we're 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 all just fans. Like it's not like yes, we're obsessed about a podcast. So we can talk about it. But that doesn't make us special. That's all that I'm saying. Like that was my biggest problem with DC and the rest of them is they. Oh, well, of course you're special. You're beautiful. But we're we're in the grand scheme of things, we are not special people. Like that's not what what this is about. So I think Kevin, I guess maybe he just got tired of being yelled at, but. I wish we had him here now because I would just tell him like Kirk hates you and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. That's you can still live your life and have fun and 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 like the Meta fans. That's okay, buddy. Like don't worry about it. Don't take this so hard. Don't take it so seriously. I know I joke about the comedy podcast thing, but why is everybody taking this shit so fucking seriously? It's just a podcast. That's great. It's funny, but it's just a podcast. Relax, bro. Chill out. Chill out. What are you so mad about? I did ask Kevin to join us tonight, but he didn't reply. Uh, yeah, it's funny because when I'm looking at Kevin, I'm thinking, is this sort of similar to what Kirk feels about me, the way he feels about Kevin? Um, it's weird that you would think about yourself in that moment. That's weird. I don't. I couldn't see you doing that. That's not like you at all. Oh, whatever. Um, <laughs> should, um, so, so I guess first things first, I don't think Justin did anything wrong, and I think Kevin's criticisms were completely unfounded. If you put a video like that out on Twitter, fuck it, you, you've got to expect that something like that's going to come back at you. You should actually expect it's going to come back at you, and if it doesn't and you just glide by it, then you're happy. Uh, you know, if it had been a DM, if Kevin had DM'd a few men fans said, oh, would you mind leaving a review for me, it would have been a shit thing for Justin to do. But it was public. So, Absolutely. Um, it was, Absolutely. So I, how, how could you ever think – again, I, I guess I just got caught up with this stupid person on Twitter, but – so how could you? The only way you could think that Kirk lost that argument or or lost that that back and forth, you'd have to have a slanted view towards Kirk and a hate for Kirk to think that he lost that thing. Because at no point did I ever feel like Kevin was winning that thing. Like there's there's no way he wasn't making any sense. He wasn't sticking to his points. Like you said, he he it backtracked. Awful. It was all over the place. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah. I, I do have a an annoying thing that when I called to speak. When I ended up arguing with Cullinane on the main show, I actually wanted to talk to Kirk and argue with him, and I got sidetracked. And Kirk play- Kirk is good at that kind of diverting attention away from him in he that is. situation. So, um, yeah, I, I'm he, annoyed. He's really good at that. Like, like you said, like, it, like he'll walk in and he'll – 
pit two people against themselves and he'll get them right up ready to fight each other and then he'll just step back mm, and yeah because I, like I would like to have the conversation with kirk that kevin had but in, in this call today i'm sorry but kirk backtracks to kevin you got to say that was a big turtle job on you know Kirk obviously felt guilty because Kirk's got a heart and it sounds like Kevin's really struggling his business or his life or whatever. And, you know, Kirk said today, I like you um, and sort of backtrack and said sort of everyone should, you know, su- support the shop or whatever. You know, it was a real, it was a, uh, they, they sort of came to a good place. I, I, I didn't And like- then it was all undone by the fact that the sh- shop's only open four days a week. So then it's like, <laughs> Kevin, come on, buddy. I mean, who you got to blame but yourself here? I mean, anybody in retail knows that if you're going to open four days a week, what happens is, what happens is, Kevin, I'm telling you this, dummy, because if you're open most of the time, people go, I need to get this. Oh, they're always open. Let's go to Just Ducky. Oh, now, is Just Ducky open on a Tuesday? I can't remember. Oh, but I know um, – the big box uh, store down the road. He said, we'll just go there instead. Oh, let's go shopping on a Sunday for our kids' present. Oh, no, I think they're closed again. Kevin's having another day off. Like 10 to 4 or whatever it is. It's 10 not to 4, a- three days a week. <laughs> Tuesday, Wednesday, convenient. Thursday. <laughs> like, what are, we, what are we doing? Mike is like, oh, he works hard. He's got, he's passionate. He works hard. He's like, no, nah, he's only open 10 to 4, three days a week. So I don't think he's working that hard. Oh, I hated this. I, I like Kevin. Uh, that was, I, you know what? But pay props to him for actually calling in and doing it. For doing it and giving us content. Absolutely. I didn't I'm like, not criticizing him. I didn't like that he then tried to spin it that way on Twitter later on. It's like, dude, you were not planning on turning this into content. You were just upset. Or maybe he really is trying out for a show. Would you listen to a Kevin from Bristol show? What would that show even be, Matters? What, what would he do? I would love Kevin to be in studio. In fact, now is the time for Kirk to get Kevin in studio will be a perfect time. There's a little bit of heat in the air. Again, it's a one-off. I mean, could it be any worse than some of the other shows Kirk's done? I mean, I I would love Kevin to be in there. And I do, I think the joke against him did go on, has gone on a bit too long. I mean, can't, can't, you know, let's move on, Kirk. Let's move on. No, but that's the thing, man. It's like, Kevin calls in, he's going to get shit on. When I call in, I try to get in and out with a call because I don't want him to recognize my voice. I just want to ask the question or get the conversation going and get the fuck out because I know he's just going to shit on me. That's mm. just how it is. You don't get, you don't then get to have it both ways and call in and fucking bitch and moan at him for being mad. Like, just accept the fact that you're not liked. Why can't people accept that, Menners? Why can't you just accept he, you're not liked, and that's okay. Not everybody's going to like you, man. That's that's all right. Yeah, that's right. Maybe some people have just got to accept that. Kevin should some people, accept yeah, that. Some people should. Kevin, Kevin should accept that. Yeah. Um, I think there is a genuine kind of ickiness that Kirk feels toward Kevin because, like, the cream stuff and all that shit, like, it does get a bit old and – I like Kevin, but I can see why Kirk, who's very intelligent, would be like, okay, well, I mean, this guy said he's as witty as me and all he does is do cream jokes so he can fuck off. (laughs) There's nothing else there. I don't know. He hasn't tried to bring another layer to it. Um, There's no other levels. Um, I I don't know what he thinks he's going to do on a show. 
But I think honestly, he's only doing six hours a day at just Ducky. He mm. should start a podcast. I mean, if Michael Montante can have a podcast, why can't Kevin Bristol? Why can't he? So do it. Just do it. See how it goes. It would be really good for him because I find Minifan and very therapeutic. You know, I have a oh. a lot of emotions around the Kirk Minahan show. And, you know, often when I come into these recordings, I need to just download a lot of this stuff. And, you know, whether it's you or Mick or Tom or, or VD in the past, it does really help me um, as a, a Minifan. I, all I want to do is talk about this show. This is all that I know. I, I've unfortunately my mastery is KMS and the Metaverse. I mean, you've got nothing else to talk about. I've got nothing else to talk. Your, about. All your family's dead. The rest are in Everybody's jail. Dead. Your wife's left you. Who Dog's could I talk dead. To? Cat's dead. Yeah. Who Who could I talk to about? What, what are you going to say when you want to get out of another recording? What's your next go to <laughs> excuse? Have you Have you got something you know written down like? Oh, um, my mother-in-law's dead. Are you going to pull that one? Like, Cullinane dead? I see you guys on Twitter. You cunts. You pieces of shit. I am. Why would I make this up? Who who would know. make this up? I would have I to be know. a psycho. I mean, we had the whole airport story. Oh, uh, the the plane's early. It's late. Uh, uh, I've got to go. You're so full of shit. You're so oh, my my mom's sick. She's not sick. She is sick. Uh, okay. I think she's gone. Uh, anyway. Anyway. He's moving on, moving on. Um, all right, Kevin. Well, we love you. Hope you. Um, it was. A, look, I thought it resolved nicely today. Today was a nice resolution. I had the chat, but there's still the jokes going on. Uh, obviously, Alfred does a great, a great consignment store, antiques mainly, and you know Kevin's business is doomed until he. I would say you want to open six days a week. That's my advice, <laughs> to Kevin. That's good. Close advice. Monday. Close Monday. No one buys toys on a Monday. Open six days a week. It's really I'm not even that hard okay. to get your head around. I'm even okay Wednesday to Sunday if you want to do that. Run it like a restaurant. Like I see some restaurants are closed on Monday yeah, and Tuesday. Yep. Okay, that's fine. You got to extend those hours, my guy. You can't. You can't. Because it is something them. as a consumer where if you know something's sort of always open, then you just go right. there. Like my right. cafe is open seven days a week, and we thought about closing one day, but in the beginning we thought, you know what? If we're always open, then you just become that place. Oh, okay. We can go there and grab a coffee. We can go to Kevin's to buy a toy and have a shot and talk about cream and look at some porn, whatever. Yeah. Um, just last question Who do you think is kinkier, Kevin from Bristol or Chris Clemmer? Oh, Clemmer. 100%. Agree. I think, Agree. I think there's a lot of peacock. And Kevin, I think he it's all show. I think he's meat and potatoes when it comes. I think he's a missionary guy. I haven't Clemmer. Met- I haven't met Clemmer, so I don't know his physique, but would he look good dressed as a woman? Um, No, he would not. No, but I could see him in some leather stuff. Like the way that he, his body makeup, and I could see him in some nice leather. I could too, because he's tall. uh, We lather him up in some oil, gets the leather, slick, sort of Rocky Horror Picture Show vibe, that kind of thing. Exactly. I was going to say, he's got like a Marilyn Manson body type. Mm. That's Clemmer. For sure. Wow. Oh, yeah. He will be I so bet, hot right now listening I bet to she's you. And Commuter Laura, she listens. She will just be fucking, I don't know, finger blasting herself or something listening oh, to Jesus this. Jesus Christ. Holy shit. I All right. All right. Next topic. We'll move off that one pretty quickly. Yeah, uh, there's one topic here, but um, we're not going to talk about it because – 
I just want a content warning, tr- trigger warning for all those Mina fans out there that, you know, obviously there was the Don Osillo uh, topic that they spent a lot of the latest show talking about the fact that the Red Sox didn't get a video from him and didn't play it. And I don't want to talk about that on the show, Red, because obviously we know about Soco 2021 or ben- Benghazi as I'm it's so been referred to. And I just don't want to bring it up again and upset many Mina fans who are, are going through post-traumatic stress disorder due to that event. So I, I think fucking hate we you. just move past this Orsillo Listen, stuff. You're, you, you fucking assholes on Twitter. And I'm talking to you and I'm talking to your boy, uh, Boredom of the North. You fucking guys talk about this Sako show and the videos that weren't played at this Sako show. You bring it up all the fucking time. And you would have to be an entitled asshole to use the Red Sox and this this Don Arcillo thing and compare it to yourself. Like, for the warden idiot to compare himself to Don Arcillo or a, a historic uh, yeah, what happened at Socko was way worse than what happened hold to on, Arcillo. Hold on, I'm getting there. Hold on. Uh, listen, you let Shattuck have fucking 30 minutes to answer you, you think Warden, uh, you this. think Orsillo does better videos than Warden? Just just watch yourself here, buddy. Oh, okay. Just watch uh, yourself. Otherwise uh, yeah. next episode will be me, Mick and Tom and it'll be fucking great uh, and you can go and find fucking Ziggy listen. Robinson and do uh, a rundown. You're married to me, you prick. You're not getting rid of me. Fuck you. So listen, and I say this with love to you. You can't compare yourself to the Red Sox or to Don Arcillo or like to compare, to treat yourself and have that kind of entitled idea of who you are in the metaverse is exactly the problem with guys like Kevin from Bristol. So for the warden to do that, which again, his video was fucking played at the Sako show. He's not even involved in the people who did not get those videos played at the Sako show, which includes me, motherfucker. And I'm not bitching about this shit months and months later. Your video was fantastic. You know why? You know why? Because it was an honest mistake. We talked about it, apologized for it. And at the end of the day, it's a fucking podcast who opens up the avenue for fans to give them content. They don't have to play it. We are fortunate for that opportunity, motherfuckers. And even still, I'm one of the guys who got burned on this. Can you imagine what Geek's going through right now? Can you imagine what Geek's going through? He spent three months on his video, 24 hours a day, and it gets ignored. I mean, listen, boo-hoo. He spent however many he did on that video. It was a fine video, and it was fucking played at the show at the end. Do you want people to stand around and watch your shit? It's an outro. I just think this whole Don thing is bringing up these emotions. So they played it. The fans saw it, and they drove off as they saw it. It was played perfectly for the show. Do you work for the fucking Red Sox? No, I don't work for were the you, Red Sox. Were you organizing that Jerry Remy thing? Do you just like, nah, we don't want Osillo. No way. No way. Listen, we don't want Jerry's best friend. It's a bad part of comparison, motherfucker. And anyway. even still, if you wanted to compare it, I guess you could. But you'd have to be one of those fucking fans who actually had it happen to him, which he is not. His video was fucking played there. Stop being a cunt. What about Stop all the other Mina fans? What? Anyway, I, I just really feel that some Mina fans would have struggled listening to the show today and dredging through their emotions. But they're probably just trying to heal. And this just, it's like, you know, ripped off the scab. And uh, I, I, I just think we need to move Was on. Was this video played at the show? Was this video played there? Was it played there? Don Osillo's wasn't. 
was his video played at the Sako show. You know uh, what I'm talking as about. As people were fucking leaving and taking it a was shit the and driving the out. Show, do do people have eyes? Red, do people have eyes in the back of their head? So when their car is facing the exit, can they see the screen behind them? No. No, dummy. That's not how it works. They're all parked there. The first guy who left would be Kirk. Everybody else is sitting there watching it, enjoying it, listening to it, and you can't get out of the drive-in fast enough to not see it. Everybody fucking saw it. It was an okay video. Who gives a shit? Move on. What are you, a not child? There were Grow other up, videos. Peter Pan. There were other videos. It's over. Other videos. I just, look. Let's move on. I didn't want to talk about it. Uh, and as I said, just thinking of all the, the oh, Minna fans out there who had a Jesus. tough day after this uh, emotions were dredged up again. Oh, God. And I just, 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 just separating okay. from that last point, I will say, speaking of separation, what I've done now mentally, I've separated the Red Sox from the ownership because the management and the ownership suck. But Fucking who thinks about the ownership? I mean, when you go when I go and see fucking Sydney football team play, I'm not thinking who are the owners of this club. So I've just separated the fact that I don't like the owners of the Red Sox, but I can still like Boston. I can still like their baseball team. And that's where I am at the moment. I appreciate that. That's actually refreshing because I do, I do get annoyed by the fans who just hate the Red Sox because Kirk hates the Red Sox. I'm not a Red Sox fan. But I appreciate and I understand what you're saying, and I think that takes guts, that takes balls. So thank you, Manners. I mean, it's like when people go and watch the English Premier League, like the, the owners of those clubs, half of them are criminals, like billionaires that uh, – anyway, anyway, let's move on. Okay, let's get from show stuff into Minifan world stuff. Uh, there's a few things I want to talk about. So there was a Kirking Off release, and they sort of reviewed Magnolia, and then there was the 420 guys, Chris and Methuen, was dumping on Dave Cullinane for not okay. replying to some messages about a show that they're working on for the network – can't remember the details of the show. Now, my investigations, Red, have uncovered, and they don't come from a reliable source. They come from Killer Kowalski, so this is <laughs> very unreliable. Ooh. He's saying that Chris has been messaging with Dave Cullinane since March 19th about this. So that's fine. That's a month. So obviously they've been going back and forth, and Chris said, that's true. And then they had another chat in Magnolia about the way the show was going to go. And then he was following up and he didn't get a reply. Now, you know me, Red, I do not mind shitting on Dave Carlin, but I think this was a huge miss from Chrissy Methuen. Why are you going to pile on to Dave Carlin the week He's publicly off with COVID. Uh, a few days later, we hear his kids have got COVID. He's in a really bad situation. And you're there whining about the show that he's going to be terrible. Yeah, the way Chris broke it down, I'm not going to go. I, I'm a big Killer Kowalski fan, but I'm not going to go off of that March 19th. I'm just going to go off of what Chris laid out for a timeline. It appeared to me that Chris was very passionate about this project, and it was the front of what everything Chris was doing, which is great. I understand that. Been there before. It's what he loves. This is not going to be at the front of the list for Dave Cullinane. It just can't be. And we're talking about a two-week COVID thing where first he's got it and he's isolated, and then now his family's got it too. So it's it, there's a lot of stuff that's going into it. Plus, keep in mind, he's also the full-time producer for two podcasts. 
So well, this the case is, is not, not going anywhere. The case is not going anywhere at the moment. Well, it's but it's still going on. So he's the full-time producer for two podcasts. This is not something that needs to get done right away when Chris wants it. For for Chris to go public with it is a dickhead move because there's no need to go public with this in your gripes. You could just handle this privately in the DMs. Especially not the week he's off with COVID and everyone knows exactly. that. It was a free hit. It was a, it was a free hit for anybody. All the Cullinane supporters out there, it's like the guy could be really sick and you're complaining about a couple of DMs. So I guess the counter to that is, though, the counter is red. Firstly, I guess Cullinane has a history of this, and we heard from David from Hull in the past. So when someone has that history, I guess Minna fans are quick to jump on uh, when Carl doesn't respond because they know he's done it in the past. But also, it wouldn't have hurt Cullinane. Like, Cullinane's locked in a room sick. I get that. I bet he's on Twitter. I bet he saw the DM. Wouldn't have hurt Cullinane to just go, hey, I'm pretty crook. Let's pick this up in a couple of weeks. That's my like that's what I would have done. That like if, if Chris, if I was head of the network and Chris had messaged me and I was off with coders and Chris, love to help you with this, but let's give it a couple of weeks. I need to get better. Yeah, me, I guess I guess the biggest crime that Dave Colin committed is he, he should have sent another DM and said, Hey, let's Push, put a pin in this and let's pick it up later on. Yeah, I guess Chris I could... is a snarky prick. He's a snarky prick. Chris Methuen is a snarky prick. He, he's one of those guys that he he goes from being really high to being really sort of angry about something and then back to being really high again. Well, I mean, I, I can't speak to that. I can just say that it, he did, it was not a good look for him to do this while we're dealing with COVID. That's all, that's all that I can say. It sounded like a very needy, entitled Meta fan. And we, if I can do anything else this episode, hold up a mirror to the men fans and say, you know, we're not that important people. Don't take this so seriously. That's all. I, we're not nobody's. The only thing I disagree with that is, the only thing I disagree with that is, Kirk Minahan goes to advertisers all the time and says, I have this wonderful, loyal, engaged audience where you get great results from your ads. So you can't sell the audience as being extra loyal and extra engaged and they support the sponsors more than most other podcasts. You can't use that as a selling point. But then when we get a little bit too big, oh, no, no, they're, they're just fans. They just push them away. But all I'm saying uh, is- Snookered, snookered, snookered. For those, for those, for those listening, Red went blank there. He knows that's a good point. No, no. That's oh, a what? check, mate, sir. No, not a check Two me. points, manners. Three points. <laughs> no, no. Four points. This, okay. Goal. Touchdown. Right. <laughs> you son of a bitch. But this is the deal. If Chris had just given it a week, if he'd given a week, I think his complaints would be completely valid. So we're talking about exactly. seven days here. Exactly. Like, Wait like a just couple more weeks. And what are we really talking about? What's this show really going to be? Can't this remember. Is- Very forgettable. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying, too. So, All right. Minute fan world stuff. Staying on Kirking Off, an amazing bit of audio from one of the episodes. I can't remember whether it was two episodes ago or whatever. I tweeted out something about Buddy's parenting skills. Maybe I said it on the show. I can't remember. And that ensued to... What Buddy said on his show that he came home or he was at home and he found his wife talking to her mother saying Menas thinks Buddy is a bad dad. Hmm. Now, that to me was the craziest notion that (laughs) somehow I've said on this show or somewhere that Buddy needs to be less selfish if he's going to be a good dad, which I stand by. 
but he will get there. He will get there. The baby's just come out of the vagina, so it's he's got a lot of learning to do. The, the craziest thing is that, you know, his wife and her mother were talking about that. A mother-in-law talking about a man named Menners and how the dad is a bad dad in Rhode Island. It's just this is the reach. This is the universe. That's an odd move, man. That's I don't know. I don't know if my if thank. I mean, I don't have a mother anymore that could talk about Menners, but if I did, that would be a wild move. Wild. She'd be like, she'd be like, who's Menners? Yeah. Uh, who are you? Who are you? Who are she'd you? be looking at you. Yeah. Who are you? She must would be, have no she, idea because she had dementia. It must be she lost her mind gone. for eight years. I don't know if I mentioned this, but she lost her mind for about eight years, and she didn't know who she was, and then she didn't know how to drink water or eat food, and then and she starved to death. Yeah, that's way to bring the podcast down, yeah, buddy. Yeah, we're bringing it great, down, baby. Great, Let's... great. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, Thank you. Oh. Yeah. Um, my mom's hit early dementia, Company so I'll, I'll be there with you eventually. Um, you. This will come back to haunt me. All right, next <laughs> bit of um. Minifan world stuff. I don't know if you caught this. Do you listen to the Blind Mike project where he was talking about the fact that he had Katie Hannigan on his show, Why Are You Laughing? And they talked about female comedians. And then uh, Mike clipped a bit of Katie Hannigan talking about, I can't remember the Isla Schlesinger. I can't remember the comedian. I think that was her. And, That's the name. Uh, and Mike cut that bit and tweeted it out, and then Katie said, can you delete that social post? She didn't say anything about deleting the audio, but she didn't like the fact that they'd clipped a bit of Katie criticising another female comedian. What's your immediate reaction to that? Listening to that, that was when I first actually got worried about Mike and where he's at right now because in that episode he sounds um, like sensitive old school Mike. Um, he was like, he was fumbling with his words. He was having a hard time doing that podcast. This sounded like this put him in a weird spot, which for me, um, at no point would I ever think of deleting that because it's, it's not, I mean, that, that clip is, it's a nothing. I know that it makes her uncomfortable maybe because she's not used to those things, but she said it and she had no problem with it being on the show. Um, it's not like him, it's not like Mike deleting that and made it any better. It's not like she's going to come back on the show again. It doesn't help him or hurt him either way. I think you just keep that thing up there. Um, what would you have done, Menners? I don't, I don't think you would have taken that thing down, would you? I probably would have. And I've been in this situation in the past where I made content and the guest is uncomfortable with the clips or, or even the actual episode and what's bits taken out. And, look, I think in the end, especially Mike who's starting out trying to become known as someone that reviews comedy that just deleting the clip no one cares it was already out there and the fact that she didn't ask for it to be taken out of the episode is wild so it's like she just what i think she had a problem with was the fact that they chose that as the bit to highlight and i do get that because i think minna fans and people can get used to the fact that in the minna fan world conflict is enjoyed and mm. you kind of you know, promote that side of content creation is let's have some conflict and a beef. Whereas I don't think everyone's the same. And and so I think she'd be thinking, well, I said lots of great stuff. Why did they pick that bit where I'm shitting on Isla? Which is obviously we know why he's choosing it because might get a bit of buzz going. Maybe Isla picks it up and then, you know, it starts something and all of a sudden everyone's listening to Mike's show. So I get it, yeah. but I can see why she didn't want to be part of that. 
Yeah, and my first thought on that was it's probably like uh, that feminist in her where she doesn't want to have this female against female. I hear that all the time when it comes to uh, musicians, artists, to not pit women against each other in a male-dominated um, comedy mm. landscape. So I could see that. That's the first thing I thought of. She just doesn't want to have that be a part of her thing, which is fine. Um, but I'm addicted to conflict. So my first thought was, Mike, that's a great clip. Just roll with it, man. Just keep it. But I don't think Mike has that. He seemed really conflicted because Mm. Mike's Mike's been a massive fan of comedy. He loves comedians. But I think he's getting to that point now and never meet your heroes. He's starting to actually try and, you know, meet some, interview some, try and get them on his show. And he's realizing that some of them aren't great people. Some of them, you know – yeah, some of them he likes their comedy, but they're not great people and they're not going to go on his show. And, you know, he said in that show, maybe I'm not going to get comedians on anymore. And I actually think if you want to be a comedy critic and a comedy reviewer, separate yourself from the artist. You can't have it both ways. If you want to be a critic, okay, fine, but step back. You know, I know um, – Breakthrough. This is a breakthrough. Menners, you're talking about it right now. Separate yourself. You're, I'm not you a critic of Kirk Minahan. I'm not a critic. I'm a fan. Yes, I'm are. a super fan. I'm a model meter fan. Uh, Kirk said to me years ago, find a new <laughs> shtick, uh, and even said on that rant, oh, why don't you criticize me? So I'm only doing what Kirk wants. I'm a super fan. I'm not the same. I'm talking right. about, okay. Kirk, like, if I think, Mike, have some separation and just – Dig into the fact that you're going to review comedy. Doesn't matter if any of them like you. And eventually you wait. The better the show does, they'll start coming on his show. But I think it's one of those never meet your heroes moment for Mike. You're probably really happy to have Katie on, happy with the way it turned out. And then he gets this message and it's a bit of a downer. Yeah. I had the exact same situation. I got this cricket journalist on who has, I'll find out, he has like, he's Indian. He has like 50 million fans on Twitter. And I got him on and he caught, he has 9 million fans on Twitter, right? only 9 million. And he criticized another commentator for being racist that he works with. We record the interview. Great. And then I get a call from him an hour later. Oh, that, that can't go out. I, I regretted saying that even though I kind of believe it, I just don't want that being released. Can you take it out for me? Now you can imagine that audio would have been great. A fucking, top creed commentator criticizing another one for being racist, but I just had to swallow it. I'm like, okay, well, sometimes you just got to be respectful of your guest. I think that's probably why you're in the business you're in and myself and others were not in that business because we would right. not have those good instincts. Great. All right. Next bit of um, content. Uh, they did their annual 420 show on the Mintel Productions Network, those fuckheads. Um, <laughs> so every year, Jay, that brain-dead moron, they start, you know, 420 is the day that marijuana is celebrated. And I went into a history of why the 420, and it's a pretty thin kind of reason the number 420s come up something to do with like the grateful dead and who they were hanging out with use the expression 420 and that's where it started anyway so every year they do it midnight to midnight and i dropped in just as it was coming to the end with like 20 minutes to go and uh, destroyed real chuck wagon killed him (laughs) it was hilarious i don't know if you saw it i didn't see the preamble 
but I went back and watched it. It's like five minutes of him shitting on me, saying he's going to destroy me. Where's Menas? Blah, 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 blah. He's too scared. He won't come and face me. I log on and he just sat there mute looking at me, like completely stage struck. It was it was beautiful to watch. I did not watch the preamble, like you said, but I watched. I got to the moment right where you pop on. And there's all these dudes who are just sitting there staring at you. Like as soon as you came into the room, they all got quiet and they all just started mumbling and they're just like watching you. And you're just sitting there casually just eating your lunch. And this Chuck Wagon person who I'm not familiar with, he's probably a very nice guy, is Jeez. just I'm watching him urinate down his leg on camera. He was absolutely terrified. And I didn't realize he was talking all this shit before, but he was a scared little kid on there you i mean you emasculated this man he was nothing he was a puddle by the time you got done with it and you had like you were on your third bite of lunch it was insane mm. i had a ham cheese croissant i played that well firstly when i logged in i wasn't even there i, I was getting my lunch from the the toaster so you know i come on it's a blank screen and i think they were all a bit shocked and then you know <laughs> Chuck's trying and, and he is so wasted. And I gotta say, like the poor guy was like probably, you know, a bottle of bourbon in and a few um tokes on his pipe. So he didn't really know what was going on, but it was embarrassing. Um, it was a great moment for me. Lunch was great. And then at the end, the funniest thing for me was at the end, he couldn't even get the AirPods in his case. Like that's how wasted he was. You know, when you try and get your AirPods in the case, I know if you can you can't afford AirPods looking at you, but uh, anyway. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, it's just a great, a great win for me. Uh, Chuck's a great guy, uh, and just well done on the four twenty show. I have to say, I don't like anything that the Mintel guys do, but I do like the fact that every year on four twenty they go live for twenty four hours. I do, I do love that. It's the one day a year that Jay actually has to work, and he never actually works there. Like everybody else, just carries the show, so he can't even manage to do that one day a year. It's beautiful. I. I really like a lot of what those guys do. I don't know why they can't get out of their own way. And I don't know why they're so terrified of you, but it was like, it was not just Chuck Wagon. As soon as you came on the screen, they were, they were all just like little kids watching you. It was, and I listen, I love being on a show and you with you and watching you and, and looking in those beautiful eyes. I just don't understand what would possess those guys to just all of a sudden just turn into a little puddle, just a scared little kid. All right, got two more bits of Minifan world stuff before we get into listener questions. Um, the, the first bit of news is that I'm starting a new Kirk Minahan Network show just to announce a new season of my true crime podcast that just started. So I'm going to be going on the KMN Network just to announce a new podcast that I'm producing, and apparently that's fine now. So that's the plan. Poor Mick. Poor Mick. Fairground Fuck Up Season 3 just started. Go and listen to it. Um and then the last bit, and this is going to really upset you. Yeah. We won. We won, Red. Minahandam is gone. VD has quit the world. He's quit Minahandam. As what? predicted, he does a few shows and then he gets bored. And <laughs> no! Gone. We no! win. Red, we no! win. That didn't happen, really? Oh, yes. I thought. Minahandam's gone. Confirmed no. by Visionless Dave. Not only that. I don't think he's listening to the main show anymore. Oh, that's I saw that he had blocked mail. I, I felt I was stunned to see that. Uh that's too bad. I he's always he's such a hard worker. He always is reliable each week doing a show. As people love to chirp me for me being away. Wow. 
That's too bad. Man. I hate to minute hand him RIP. Oh. As usual, Visionless Dave just starts a show and after a few episodes he aborts it. I'm actually really sad because mm. as I've said many times, you know, I don't have a reaction show to listen to. Kirking off's fine, but where's the where's the show with the next layer? And I do think VD was good at adding layers to the discussions. Well, I don't know about that, but it was Minahandum was a great Mena fandom reaction show. Um, and I love all of my fans. That's true. Um, Who's going to do the Mena fandom reaction show? I feel bad. Maybe he's going through something right now. Um, but I hope he figures it out, man. That's too bad. Hate to hear that. It's real all right. Well, uh, happy to get on to listen to questions now, Red. Please. Oh, let's go. There's some good ones in there. Great. First one is we've got a five-star review. This is not a question, just a five-star review. This is from 80s Villager, and it's titled The Lady Vanishes, and it's a modern-day Caldecott and Chortles. That was it. And when I Googled this, The Lady Vanishes is an Alfred Hitchcock movie from 1938. There's two characters, Caldecott and Chortles, that are massive cricket fans in this Hitchcock movie. Um, So that's the reference there. So 80s Villager, I didn't know that, and I'm going to go and watch The Lady Vanishes now. I don't know what the hell you just said, but it sounded great. Chortles, yeah, thank you. First question, this is from (laughs) Matt Evan. Evans, gun to your head. What do you think made Kirk dislike dislike you? Give us one reason. Okay, so I've, I've actually written some of these down. One, okay, okay, yeah, please. Yeah, let's cut I don't think Kirk understands me, so I, I do think he's a little bit wary of me because so many Mina fans come into the world looking to increase their brand or or steal off his audience or make money off his audience. I just think he doesn't understand that I'm actually just a, a fan and a, a Kirk Minahan show lover. I Okay, I'm going to let you go through the list. I'm going to chime in at the end. I'm going to chime in at the end. So I think he's wary of my intentions. Okay. I also think he gets slightly annoyed at the attention I get because Kirk likes it all to be about him all the time. And I think, for example, he's worried that when I'm at the Wilbur, I'll be taking some of the spotlight off his great night. And I do not want to do that. It is 1,000% on Kirk always. So I don't know. I can't help that people give me attention. Okay. All right. I'm going to let, yeah. Yeah. And then the final one is I think he's nervous about me being at the Wilbur with that extra pressure. Extra pressure from you being there. Yes. Yes. Wow. You think you think Kirk Minahan's gonna feel pressure from you being in the audience? Yes. So that's why I think he hates okay. me. Okay. All right. Well, listen, I, I think he probably hates you just for going through that list of things that you just list listed, I think is probably why he hates you. I think that there's a there's probably a lot more there, Menners. I think that although I think you are right that a little bit of attention that you get, I think bothers. Kirkman hand. I will agree with you on that. But you are also a very harsh critic at times of Kirk Minahan and his show and his work ethic and his leadership and his process. And hey, just being, a bit like he's bit about Harrison, he's bit about Kevin. And hold on. I'll also reference there was a, a time like the first time he had his son on the show to talk about wrestling. You are very, very critical of that too. Um there's just a lot of things. Oh, that and, and Kirk's done. never said anything bad about anyone else's children. Listen, I'm He's not never saying said that. stuff That's about Cullinane's kids, hey, DC's hey, hey. kids. 
hey, we don't do whataboutism here. That's not what we do here. Well, okay? that's so how how it's a, you can't have it both ways, Kirk. Like <laughs> okay. if I'm going to satirize you and use some of your weapons against you, you've just got to take that on the chin. I understand, but maybe the first time his kid goes on the show, maybe you're not critical. I'm just saying, maybe not the first time. Maybe you like leave it to the second time. Regardless. And you it's do not like they tweeted Harry or went to Harry's school and said, you were shit on the show. You were critical. You you were critical. Oh, also, bro. too, I'll say that on Twitter, you have a tendency to, at times, backtrack or be critical on a show and then say something differently on Twitter or vice versa. There's times where you've done things. Not that I'm not saying you're not authentic because I think you're always authentic. There are times where you will be critical, but then you will walk it back. You will soften. That's all that I'm saying. I, right. but, and Kirk's never done that. Kirk has saying, never uh, yelled uh, at someone. Uh, this is not what about is. And then a few this, minutes later saying he likes them. I, you can always hate yourself. I'm not saying that Kirk doesn't do these things. I'm just yeah. saying I think those are the reasons why he hates you. And hate is not the opposite of love. Hate is a very strong emotion. You should wear that as a badge of honor. That's mm. all that I'm saying. What do you think about him, though, being wary of my intentions? Because I feel distance has been a problem for us. The fact that I'm 10,000 miles away, he's never met me, he, 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 and maybe he thinks I wanted like to get into Barstool, or maybe I'm using this as some way of praying myself. I don't think that's true. I, I don't know. I don't think that's true because I don't think at any point anybody, maybe an idiot, could question you. But I don't think anybody with any brains could question your intentions. I think you're authentic. I don't think you try to benefit from the show. I think you listen to the show. I do think you're a fan. So I think that comes through loud and clear. I'm a dummy and I get that. So I, I don't think there's any worries about that. All right. Now this next one, this is from Matt Steele. When you get flamed by Kirk, does that make you care for him and the show less? When it's all in good fun, I could imagine it's fine, but can't imagine listening to a guy who has an apparent disdain for me. Well, it's an interesting question, Matt. I have some fucking sickness where I can't get away from it. I didn't love Tuesday because I felt that it wasn't a bit like I feel like sometimes Kirk speaking from the heart when he says he hates me. I'm like, it wasn't a bit. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it is a bit. I don't know. It's hard to tell with Kirk because he'll well. say it's a bit when we're together. That's for sure. Just get out of jail free card. Um <laughs> Yeah, look, I must admit, after Tuesday's show, I thought, what the fuck am I flying to the Wilbur before? Uh, but that that only lasted for like 10 minutes. But you're flying, you're flying to the Wilbur because you love the show and you Absolutely. love the Absolutely, and love the fans. Fans love me. That's why we go to live shows. That's why we and do who's that. Go, who's going to do, do that Thursday show before the Wilbur? Me. I'm going to be in studio. I'm going to be with Kirk, and I'm going to be the show opener. So that's fine. Right, we'll get you there. Um, we'll but, yeah, I – when it's turned on me and it's fine, like when Kirk's saying stuff about like me coming into my food at the cafe, I laugh. Um, but then when I start to think about it and think, actually, does Kirk really just want me to go away? Like deep down, if Kirk could click his fingers and I never listened to another show again or did another Minna fandom, would he do it? I don't know. But that, that's when it starts to become troubling. And see, this is where you will rise and you will attain a higher level of consciousness when you stop worrying about them. I want you to get to another level, Manners. 
when you get to that next level and you see and rise above ego and you get to that next level of consciousness, you're going to see that it doesn't matter if Kirk wants you to or doesn't want you to. You're going to keep doing your thing. It's his show, though. Right. It's his show. But you're not going away. You're not going anywhere. So that's okay. So don't worry about whether he would like that or not like that. Who gives a flying fuck whether he likes it or not? Who gives a shit? Who cares? Mm, I do have some sick obsession with Kirk and his show, but mainly Kirk because it started before KMS. You do. And we all do in certain ways, but you you got to not worry about whether he likes you or not. He hates you. That's okay. Mm. I mean, uh, when I started my podcast was about the time I started listening to Kirk. And anyway, whatever. Um, next next question. Um, like I'd started the podcast before, but anyway, whatever. Um, whatever. Just, I just want him to not hate me. All right, Timothy, <laughs> what is the best month or season to visit Australia? Well, Timothy, Australia is such a great place with such a great climate. You can really come probably nine months of the year. Like winter, I probably wouldn't come, which is like um, June, July, August. Your, it's the opposite seasons. I know a lot of Americans don't understand the way that the globe works, but basically if it's your, you know, autumn, it's our spring, or if it's your summer, it's our winter, or and then you reverse it. So if it's your winter, it's our summer. So just layman's turn. So I would say June, <laughs> July, August, don't come. That's our winter, so that's your summer. So don't come then. Even though if you came to Sydney, okay, it's it's not quite winter yet, but – I was going to say, how I mean, bad is your summer really there? Like, what is it? How bad's our winter, you mean? Yeah, how, yeah, how bad is your winter? Well, basically, uh, I need I need a calculator here to to, um, to work oh, out. Celsius the, and all that. I mean, yeah, I'll do like- it. I'll, I'll change it on my phone to Fahrenheit. Okay, so today it's 67 and it's, you know, we're this is a coolish day for Sydney, 67, um, and it gets probably down into the 50s, and that's about it. Like, I feel like I feel like the temperatures that you're telling me about, like, I feel like you're like Southern California. Is that like a fair absolutely, comparison? absolutely? Yeah. That's a very fair comparison. So, I've been to LA in winter, and they're very comparable, they're a bit chilly in the morning at night. So, yeah, you come to Sydney anytime. Um, summer's great, January in Sydney goes off. All right, next question, Killer Kowalski, who are your heroes? What drives you to be the best man you can be? Why is Red a cunt? Well, do you want to answer that last question, Red? Well, I, I'm a cunt because I love that people hate me and I don't care. And usually if I don't care, it angers people more. So that's why I'm a cunt. I'm also sarcastic. And I try to be funny and some people don't get my humor and I blame other people. And a lot of people don't get it. A lot of people don't get it. And I act smarter than others and, I'm also, to be fair, surrounded by idiots on Twitter. So, and I don't care. I don't know if I mentioned that, but I just don't care. So, yeah, okay. I, I can be a cunt. And killer, uh, I have no heroes and nothing drives me. Okay, Willie Mopania's <laughs> Wilbur tickets. Kirk refuses to mention your name on the main show. Why? Yes. It's a very interesting question, Willie. Hard for me to answer. I would like to know from Kirk why he won't, but I did note I that. Could- Mike brought up my name on the show this week. He did. I can tell you why. I can tell tell you why. It's why? a long troll joke to not mention you. He used to mention you all the time. Then him and Cullinane decided, hey, let's not mention him and lean into that joke. 
it's it's a troll. It's a great move. It's a funny joke. That's what they do. And they know that it bothers you, and that's why they do it. That's doesn't why. bother me. It doesn't it bother me. Doesn't bother me. It's it's good. I get to get out of jail free card and say whatever I want on this show, and I'll just say Red said it. So it's, it's easy. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, you weren't on the Tom show to take the the blowtorch that day. Thank God I wasn't, because Jesus Christ, that was an abomination again. I mean, Tom, you'd have you'd have joined your mum in fucking death if you had, been, wouldn't you? <laughs> fucking hung yourself. Holy shit! I wish I was here for that shit though, because you guys are fucking unfair to Colinane. Our <laughs> right, next question, Stacy from Madawaska's phone. This has been a great week of shows. Feels like something is different. Why has it been so great, Red? Yeah, that's. A, I love. I love that guy. Great account. That's a sarcastic prick move to try to suggest that somehow Cullinane is out, and that's why this week is great. No, 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 no. Cullinane being out, and the fa- this is the greatness of Kirk and Mike and Chris and Justin to pick up the slack until we get Dave Cullinane back next week. So all you pricks hating on Dave Cullinane for two weeks, when you get him back, you better love him up. You better enjoy him because he's back, baby. We're going to get Whitney back there. It's going to be a beautiful thing. So I can't wait to get Dave Cullinane back because I'm surrounded by assholes on Twitter who hate his guts. So I don't think the show has been that great. This week, I'll say that, Stacy. So that's a biased opinion. Definitely some bias there. Uh, I I'm not willing to make a call on this now, but I wonder if we put say Cullinane and Justin side by side. So they did a month each because we we know the the fresh effect that okay, it's Justin's first week back, so everyone's you know happy and you know as you yeah, said, yeah. he ran out of material by Thursday. But I just wonder if Justin and Cullinane. Which which one of them has a better instinct for what stimulates Kirk? Like, if we were to give it like a, say a month, who would actually do a better month of shows? Like a bit of a, I don't know, a, yeah, a bit of a, like a reality show type thing. Dave Cullinane's going to do a better show, but with that said, you put Dave and Justin together, that's the greatest KMS of all time. So, oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure about. What do you that. mean? Well, I think when Swinging Dick Justin, you know, gets the producing chair himself, he has a bit more confidence. He's not just in the corner there. He can put in the content he wants. I mean, I don't watch the Justin show, and it's not for me. It's maybe for, like, I don't know, 15-year-olds on YouTube. But I do notice Justin does have this instinct for making compelling content. Like, a lot of it's lighting himself on fire or doing really stupid things that no one else will do. But he's willing to be courageous and do it. This is what I'm saying. He he is content. I talked about this before I went away because my mother had died. Um, he is. Can you stop bringing this up, please. Oh, I, and I, have I talked about that? He, yes, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Oh, it's a big downer. Everyone's parents die. Guess what? You're not fucking alone in that. I just didn't realize I'd be, I just didn't know that I would be, when I was growing up, um, a mother's boy that I am, I didn't realize I'd be 38. And not have my mother or father. I didn't realize that would happen to me. I'd be an orphan at 38. Um, so anyway, what were we talking about? Anyway, my dad died when I was like 24. So um, a lot worse. At least you had them for that long. Um, <laughs> all right. Next um, question from Melissa Gorman. Did Red send a get well gift to Dave Cullinane? I would imagine so, but I need to confirm. Mm. I have been, um, 
It's a great question. I have been gassing my boy up in the DMs a lot this week. When I found out that not only Dave Cullinane had COVID, I almost put my mother to the side as she was dying in bed and drove down there. I didn't. I stayed here. I stayed strong. When I found out that his kids had COVID, I was in the DMs like a madman, just gassing him up, telling him, hey, man, look, this is just a minor setback. Okay, to a major comeback, um, you're gonna you're gonna win major dad points. Um, be there for your wife. This or that. This is how you're gonna you're gonna win the day. You're gonna win this week. You're gonna come off great. You're gonna smell like roses, and then you're gonna have a great summer playing golf. Your wife's gonna think you're a hero. So I've been gassing him up. Don't worry, I'm taking care of our guy. He's in good hands. What did you give him? What's that? Did you give him anything? Um, I didn't. I didn't give him anything because I didn't want to overstep my bounds. I did offer to go get him Chipotle um, and bring it down to him and have it delivered. But um, he turned me down on that. So, no, oh, great. You're great friends. Great couple. I'm a great friend. Well, that's it for the um, listener questions. Thanks, everybody, that's written in. Uh, Monster Show, Red, we've gone over two hours. My word. Anything you want to add before we leave? Uh, well, I don't want to talk about family stuff. I hate to talk about that. So I'm not going to mention my family, but I appreciate being back here. I've missed you. I've missed the meta fans. I'm happy to be back. I do love this show as an outlet. I love KMS obviously. And I love the comedy that that show brings this show brings and Twitter brings. So thank you manners. Thank you to the meta fans. It's good to be back. Love you all. Uh, what have you been watching? Any reckies, you know, apart from your mom dying, have you been watching anything else? So I just got into the documentary, the Abercrombie doc- documentary. <laughs> Which one? The Abercrombie documentary. I just got I into that. I haven't seen that one yet. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, I've been watching a lot of the Celtics. And most of all, I've just been, you know, just, you know. Watching you your watch, mom die. Yeah. when you into the abyss. Right. Not knowing who you are. Not knowing who I am. Just, just asking, you know, just babbling. Can't even talk. And really just starving to death. And we don't have a way of, I don't know if you have this in Australia, in America, for some reason, we will euthanize our dogs and treat them with respect and kindness. Up um, end, yeah. But with our elderly or, you know, our parents who lose their mind, we just let them starve. And yeah, we just, we just dump them in the outback. Well, we just, Take him out into the desert and dump him. That the would dingoes be- get him eventually. Right. And yep. the wild, the crocodiles, the snakes. So that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Uh, shame I, you- I had to beg uh, a CNA just so to give her morphine, you know, every four hours. You know, I couldn't even spare the morphine. So, you know, it is what it is. I am. Um, yeah, we don't have euthanasia in Australia yet. Some states, I think, are looking at bringing it in. Maybe one state has it. But, yeah, my uncle had to go to Switzerland to euthanize himself when he had cancer. Um, it's insane. I don't know why we accept this as a way of life. I don't I don't get that. But Yeah, and there's plenty of Minifans who should take that option as well, and they're not oh, even God. near the end. Oh, um, I would love to help Most them. of them are on that 420 show, I've got to say. <laughs> um, the 24-hour one, not the actual 420 show. Um but- just quickly, I'll give you a couple of reckies then because we cannot end on a euthanasia conversation. Please. I can send our listeners off like that. Um, I've been watching Abbott Elementary. So funny. I think it's on Hulu maybe in the States. I would say comedy of the year so far. Have you seen it? 
I have not. I'm definitely going to check it out. You'd love it, especially um, knowing your profession, Abbott Elementary. And then I saw The Lost City at the movies. And way Sonic 2 is way better than The Lost City. Like The Lost City was fine. It was probably like a B- minus or a C plus. You know, it was just a fun little action movie. Sandra Bullock looked hot and like smoking hot for her age. Um, She's wonderful. Yeah. I do lots of positions with her, that's for sure. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, Lost position. City, good. Abbott Elementary, good. And just for a bit of fun, I went back last weekend because we had four days off for Easter in Australia. I watched the whole Jurassic Park series because there's a new one coming out later this year. So I watched all five Jurassic Park movies going right back to the beginning. And that was actually good. They hold up. They hold up. I really actually enjoy those movies. Um, I'm one of those people who would go and see them in the theaters uh, every time. Love those ones. Have you seen? Um, this is jogging my memory now as I just watched it. Have you been watching Better Call Saul? No, didn't get into that show. Uh, I I got to tell you, um, better than Breaking Bad for me. Really, better than Breaking Bad, and I love Breaking Bad, but it's past it now. It's surpassed Breaking Bad. I recommend. It's like uh, Breaking Bad, but with more of a heart. So I, I might pick it up from the second season. The first season, I watched most of the first season, and there were some bits there that I just kept falling asleep. I don't know why, but I just couldn't get through some of the stuff. I can't remember if it was relative. Anyway, maybe the that second season picks up. That happened to me. It gets better and better. Stick with it. It's good. Okay, good. And um, you know what I'm going to do this weekend? We have a long weekend here as well, two in a row, because Monday's Anzac Day, which is um, celebrating all the Australians that have died in wars. And so we get the day off work. And I'm so this weekend I'm going to binge all the Spider-Man movies, the three Tobey Maguire and the two Andrew Garfield. So I'll be able to report I, on them next week. You're not going to like Spider-Man 3, I'll tell you that. But great movies overall. Spider-Man 3 was just it was too bad. So I just re-watched the latest Spider-Man with my wife and I didn't like it the first time. And I still have a bit of a problem with it, the fact that, and spoiler alert, Mayo, the fact that the whole plot point was Spider-Man letting all the bad guys go to try and heal them didn't quite gel with me. But apart from that, it was more fun on the second time. Well, did you ever read the comics, the Spider-Man comics? Not really. Well, that's that's like a big part of Peter Parker and his, like the same thing with, with Batman, like, trying to do everything he can to not break his one rule right so if you if you're into the comics that, that might hit different i don't know yeah and i can see why like the uncle saying that to him like if you watch actually the older movies i can see why maybe that's a bit more of a plot point but i still think i don't know it just annoyed me the fact that okay well you've let all the bad guys go and they're bad guys so they've done bad things big surprise i know, I know. I know, but that's that's Peter Parker, man. He's just a boy who wants the best for people. Oh, and best show, Amen. fucking best show on Apple TV. It's called Slow Horses. Have you heard of this show? I have uh, heard. Mary Oldman, it's a spy show. I think there are four or five episodes in Slow Horses. Honestly, uh, best cop to spy show I've seen for a long really? time. Have Slow you seen- Horses. Have you seen, as a comparison, have you seen True Detective Season 1? Yes. Yeah. This Better is a bit that. of a different style. This okay. is more sort of on the James Bondy type angle. Ooh. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the first four episodes blew me away. So Ooh. go and watch Slow Horses on Apple TV. All right. I'm That's about it, really. That. Great. 
All right, Red. All right, Minna fans, Manna fans. Thanks, Kirk, for listening. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll tee up a date for me to be in studio um, soon. Uh, Red, well, um, you know, send my love to you. I know you've had a tough couple of weeks not being on the show, but um, don't take it personal. You'll be, you'll, you're my co-host. And, That's you know, I- VD, rest in peace. <laughs> it's, it's too bad. I, I I never felt more secure about my job than listening to Shattuck in this chair. So thank you, Shattuck. Love you, buddy. All right, everyone. Men of fandom will be back sometime.